Bro, that's fucking bigger. Kelly, how dare you? What's going on? Hello and welcome to In My Unprofessional Opinion. My name is Tom. Flowers, and I'm Jack. Hello. Flowers? <laughs> Flowers. What's happening? No, hello, man. How are you? Yeah, good, man. Good, good. Um, we've got a ton of stuff to burn through this week. An absolute ton. Yeah, busy all week. I yeah. think we underestimated how much can happen. Because when we wrapped up last week, we were just like, man, we spoke about a lot. Yeah. And then I got home and within a few days, because last week I came in noteless. And this week I'm coming back with facts, bro. Yeah, you kind of winged it last week. And then I had a bit of a thing to go off. as like more of a format than points to talk about. is just making sure we don't stray too far off topic. And yeah, you sent me a screen recording of your notes. And I'm like, oh shit. I've got... This guy's prepared. I've gone like academia. Yeah. Which <laughs> scares me a little bit. I'm coming back with knowledge, bro. But I love it at the same time. So where are we starting? Let's go with Overwatch first. Okay. We'll start with the game in general, and then a lot has happened in the league, Yeah, obviously. Some surprises. Some big news in the league. Yeah. Yeah, we'll start with some general news first. Um, for all you Overwatch fans out there, you're probably looking forward and seeing some teasers that's been dropped about the 30th hero. So, February, March, it's generally when Blizzard released the first new hero of the year. They release three heroes a year, normally. Although, they did release Ash tail end of last year. So some people yeah. are kind of under the impression that maybe this isn't a teaser for a new hero however it does kind of fit in with blizzard's routine of they're very very good with hero teasers i've seen a lot of people on even like the reddit community where they've said that they don't actually play the game anymore but they do keep coming back at this time of year just to kind of see how detailed and how clever blizzard can be with the new hero hero teaser with the new tier new tier sick. um so just remind everyone so last year as the first hero that was released when I was fully in was Brig. Brig. So was there another one before that last year? Was it Sombra? No, so Brig was February, March last year. And then Arissa would have been February, March the year before. Oh, okay. Throughout the middle of the years, then you had Doomfist in 2017 and Hammond last year. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I remember that. So what have we had? Well, Paris is the first thing that's come out. So there's a few yeah. bits and pieces hidden throughout Paris that have got people's interest peaked. However, again, Blizzard are quite good with red herrings. Yeah. So there's a, a lot of interest around the secret door. Have you seen this? Yes, I've seen something about the secret room. Um, I can't remember what it says over the top of it in French, because it's Paris and it's all in French. But No way. <laughs> wild. And I told, man, I told you they were clever. Yeah. <laughs> really pushing a boat over here, though. Um, they've... There's uh, some French written over the top of the door, which basically says, it translates as, we are watching you, or we, we're monitoring you. Okay. And a lot of people have kind of gone into sleuth mode and tried to, I can't remember how they, like, I was looking at how they were doing it. One way of doing it is with Doomfist's ultimate. Yeah, I got a guy here called Zezombai. Okay. Uh, Reddit user used a very well-placed meteor strike just on the inside of the door. To see into it. And he managed to get in. Um, but there's only that one object on the yeah, wall. Yeah, and some people are saying that it's a buzzer. Yeah, or it looks like some sort of telephone you got in the flat. Yeah, so it could buzz yeah. and you'd be like, yeah, I'll be down for my food now, bro. Okay. Be there real quick. But <laughs> no, <baguettes>. no, <laughs> Yeah. 
but no one really knows what it is. No, and one other thing that I kind of saw today, I haven't included it in my notes, but um, so the Omnic singer, the cabaret singer that's in the spawn Mm -hmm. of the attacking team, uh, some data miners have gone into the code of the game and they've found several unused voice lines and a number of them are able to be kind of placed to individual characters. So there's one that relates directly to uh, Zenyarda. It says, oh, uh, you remind me of another monk that visited here previously to watch me sing. There's one uh, from McCree who says, oh, there's a cowboy here. You must be so far away from home and all this kind of stuff and that aren't actually in the game yet. And then there's quite a few that relate to things that aren't in the game yet. There's quite a few about a cat. A cat. Yeah, so like there's she, there's a few that she says where she says, uh, either follow the cat and you'll find... She says, it's somewhat weird, like follow the cat and you'll find what you're looking for. Um... The cat climbs on the clock and the walls and kind of bits and pieces like this. That They're all obviously all in French initially, but people have translated them and this is what they mean. Yeah. Um, not in the game yet, so they don't know whether this is going to kind of come at a later patch when more content is potentially revealed for Hero 30. But mm. the way that I feel Paris leads in to Hero 30 and the teaser that Blizzard have put up on your watch social medias. Was it that hacking? Yeah, so we had a, a video where Sombra has hacked the Talon mainframe she's gone past the firewall and she's retrieved uh some correspondence from a captain cruever yeah captain cruever comedy there we go yeah um the prevailing theory that i've seen i'm not sure whether you've come up with the same thing is in regards to probably not but go on (laughs) (laughs) so from the uh from the letter that goes along with the uh the video that they tease there's also a like a document that they've kind of posted for people to read through um, and also the hexadecimal code at the bottom of the video, people have put that into a hexadecimal intertext translator, and the word that sticks out is Baptiste. Yeah. So Jean Baptiste. Augustine. Augustine. Yes, I did see. <laughs> so this again, they're quite good at red herrings. So whether this is just too obvious and too easy, I'm not sure. But. Um, there's quite a lot of speculation around this Baptiste character. He appears to be a Haitian medic of some description. Yeah. Who has defected from Talon. He's a criminal organization or terrorist organization that is the antagonist in the yeah. Overwatch universe. Um, and there's a few lines within that uh, letter that kind of, again, people have been really drawn to and kind of seem to be uh, dwelling on more than others as far as I've seen. Mm. The first of which being never known a medic to be such a good shot, which has led people to kind of follow the understanding that it's a medic with... Crossover. A, yeah, yeah, potentially like a hit scan hero as opposed to Anna, who's kind of a projectile hero primarily, although you can kind of snipe Unless with Unless you ADS, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, but whether it's going to be like a hit scan medic and the other one is built to last, people seem to be quite intrigued by um, maybe potentially kind of hinting towards a tank. So whether it's going to be some sort of tank healer hybrid like brig like brig not sure um so whether it's going to be somebody who sits within the tank role but has healing abilities not sure Mm. but um one of the funny things that i did find within the uh the reddit threads uh were anagrams how far do people take this oh bro so the overwatch (laughs) community because Blizzard have been so good at stepping up their game with clues and hints and kind of weaving the lore into the game. And here's a perfect example. On Paris, there is a bottle of wine, one bottle that has a different label to all of the other bottles, right? (laughs) 
And, like, it, and I can't remember the full label on it, but one of the words in it is René, which is a word in French that translates to Rhein, or, or like Rien, but spelt Rhein in German. So people are just like, it's got to be something to do with Reinhardt. That's how far people take it. Oh and that's how far God. Blizzard take it with hinting, which I think is sick. I wish I had enough time to find to just look for these things. Bro, so, I mean, it's, it's where great. do people find these time this time? But I, kudos to you, man. Without you, we wouldn't know where the hell... So, so, going with it, some, so. Um, some of the anagrams, sorry, they're actually of uh, Jean-Baptiste Jean Augustine. Mm. Um, the first one is Sniper Subjugate Titan. So I, there's, no, there's nothing further on than that. Uh, like People are just like, oh, it, it, you know, this is just coincidental that you can make an anagram of his name and this is what it says. And to me, if they are going to go along the lines of um, a tank medic or a medic tank, whichever way around they want to do it and kind of tying into such a good shot whether it is going to be something that directly counters Reinhardt, because hmm. he's a titan of sorts, big metal hero who's joined the Overwatch League. Subjugate kind of means someone who is under the control of. Yeah. So I kind of that's the line I was thinking of. It does also become an anagram of Jesus tasting a tuna pie, which has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> <laughs> so that, I think that was someone's counter-argument being like, well, you probably shouldn't read too far into this because you can also say this with it. Yeah, so, making a mountain of a mole. Yeah, like. but realistically, what would you like to see because there's a lot of prob problems with overwatch at the moment especially yeah. the lower you go down through the the ladder like the lower ranks the worse it gets and platinum and gold are obviously yeah. frequently known as elo hell whereby <laughs> people just get stuck there forever because people just don't work we as a team can't get out of it yeah yeah regardless of how like you can get to the end of the game and be like i got five gold medals but we lost by an absolute mile yeah and the only reason i have five gold medals is because everyone else on my team was awful yeah throw in yeah big time like um, um, I don't know. I think I'd, I'd like to see another tank, to be honest. I think um, tank or support is going to be the safest way to go. I mean, yeah. obviously, considering that they've just released the DPS Ash, in yeah, Ash. Yeah, yeah. So it's very, very unlikely that they're just going to throw out another DPS, and that's already the most populated category. What's, what's there more of tanks or supports? They're very close. I think there's more supports than tanks, maybe. Uh, I think there's one one more support than tanks. Oh, it might be even, actually. Yeah, it, it seems like it's very even. So I'd like to see a tank. Um, do you think it would be go? It would go too far to release a direct counter to goats, especially with a meta that's kind of it's just changed in favor of Reaper. Obviously, yeah. some changes around how armor works and how rally works, yeah. and defense matrix. So, kind and of the, like yeah, small tweaks demon. trying to dismantle mm -hmm. goats. Do you think it would be too much to introduce a character that becomes a direct counter to, co to goats? Uh, not necessarily. I think it'll definitely mix up the game a little bit more, and it might pe make people reconsider goats. Mm -hmm. Especially if they just throw it straight in and straight into the league, there's going to be a lot of getting used to that. The players are going to have to they have to figure them out. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah. figure out its positives, its negatives. What is, what is he counter? What doesn't he counter? What do you not want to go up against as playing as that hero? Um, but yeah, I, I was going to touch on to a later where personally for me, goats is so for people that aren't familiar with what goats is. Yeah. Um, probably so Overwatch is divided into three hero categories. You have tanks, attacking or DPS heroes, and then supporting or healing heroes. Uh, tanks are designed to create space, disrupt the enemy, have a lot of health. Kind be on of, the front line. Yeah, be on the front line. They can push forward. DPS <clears throat> attacking heroes are kind of your main damage dealers. They're the ones that want to be kind of on the front line with your tanks, but kind of playing just behind them to when your tanks disrupt people, they want to be picking people off and getting you kills. Healers, keeping everyone alive. Yeah. Um, goats uh, is more commonly referred to as 3-3 three, three 
in competitive Overwatch. I've noticed no caster actually ever says goats, or if they do say goats, they immediately follow up saying by R three three, which yeah. is three tanks, three healers. It's just incredibly powerful. Yeah. It's known to steamroll people. Because um, tanks obviously have the most amount of health as well. Yeah. So and there are a lot of tanks in the game at the moment that have a lot of attacking power as well. Yeah. So it's um it's just the prevailing Yeah, I mean for me I'd even go as far as saying I hope or I want the league to bring in something restricting the teams to constantly rely on goats. So maybe whether it's be something along the lines of only being able to use them once or twice in a match for a round or even just banning it altogether. Like you have to have at least one DPS on your team. Um can you think of any other sport that would implement anything like that though? Not necessarily, but I think this is circumstance. Like even from the community, it's goats is killing the, the vibe, man. Like, have you seen this whole delete brig thing with people actually sending messages to the voice actor of Brig saying that you've ruined the game, you've done all this, you've done all that, and she had to publicly respond to it saying, Look, I'm just a voice actor. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, stop throwing shade at me. I'm just a voice actor. You should just go to the developers if you really feel this strongly about it. And another point that I had actually underneath my league notes was when Houston played um, their last game when they lost, mm-hmm. um, the crowd had a massive cheer when someone brought out a tracer because they played goats all the whole match so far. They had a cheer. She literally died once, went straight back to goats, and the whole place just went boom. I mean, that happens anytime anyone swaps off. Of course, GPS. yeah. But I think even the the people that are there watching it live uh, got to the point now where they need just... to show their dissatisfaction and being like, "We do not want to see goats constantly." I mean, as much as obviously the teams are there for entertainment value, they're obviously people are paying to watch it. People yeah. want to be entertained. At the same time, if that's the meta. It's all well and good. Like, obviously, I mean, Atlanta Rain being a great example where uh, first match, Elios versus... Uh, oh, it was Florida. Florida Mayhem. Mm. Um, they came out and Defran was on Torb immediately. Place went wild. Loved it. As soon as he died, swapped out to Goats. Because it's all well and good kind of coming out with a weird, interesting comp because there has been a little bit of variety. Obviously, there has been a lot of Goats as well. But like I said, Defran for Atlanta played Torb in that match against Florida. You've had Gosby running um, Reaper. That was over the weekend against the Hangzhou Spark. Yeah. Um, Jay also, from the Outlaws running Hanzo against NYXL. Yeah. This weekend. Also, we'll touch on Shanghai in a second. In a second. In a second. In a second. But um, Note was playing Reaper. Yeah. On so Kings Row. There is like people are trying to introduce variety. It's not like every game is just three three. Yeah. Like all the time, people are trying to kind of introduce different comps, and there are certain maps that do favor a more sniper-heavy comp, mm-hmm. um, places like King's Row, which is a great Widow map, and you do see it quite a bit. Mm. Um, but at the same time, they are there to win. Yeah. And these people are kind of backed by massive billion-dollar corporations, and they are expected to... And obviously, the players have to get paid. A lot of their, like, a lot of their contracts, they have a minimum Yeah, they compete salary. at the end of the day. They want to yeah, win. They have a minimum salary, and then all of their other income comes from competitive earnings. Yeah. So they have to win. So it's, it's all well and good being like, oh, well, we're going to boycott goats but unless every team in the league does it it's all well and good like half the league saying oh we're going to boycott goats and then the other half of the league say well we're not and we're yeah. just going to flatten we're just going to steamroll you <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're going to take the money home <laughs> yeah that's i fair. think it will obviously it's just stage one at the moment it's four stages five weeks per stage yeah coming to week three this coming weekend 
I think moving into stage two, when the patch changes, the meta will change. And I think we'll kind of see things open up a little bit. And then I do think it is the teams that have been running more diverse or have been trying more diverse comps in stage one, even going against the ghost meta, who are going to prevail. Because there are certain teams that they're known, like Paris Eternal, for example, are known to be probably the best GOATS team, maybe second to NYXL. Yeah. But between the two of them, definitely two of the best GOATS teams in the league. However, I would say that NYXL have far more players that are competent at other roles. Yeah, for sure. Than, than Paris Eternal do, because Paris are just known as a GOATS team. Yeah. And they, they obviously do, they can flex. It's not like they are stuck with that. Again, there's not like a, the one tricks of those because that's not how you get into Overwatch League. You have to be, <laughs> be yeah. com- competent as the game as a whole. But I do think that moving forward, the teams that do seem to be more comfortable with flexing in and out of the meta will kind of be the ones to rise to the top. Yeah. Yeah, referring back to your question, I, I hope it is something that really puts a question mark over the GOATS meta. I want to see the devs. I want to see Blizzard be like, right, just throw this out there. How's this for a bit of a game changer to see how you react to this? And um, it might have such a big impact on on the rest of the league. Um, but that's my thoughts. What What do you think on the new hero? What do you want? I mean, this is the thing. So obviously, the th- first thing to really break the game, I would say in a while, was break. Yeah. And her introduction, they've already nerfed her once. Because, I mean, I think they've nerfed her twice, actually. But <laughs> they've... Just because of how resourceful she is now, integral she is to the current meta, she's kind of like essential for most teams at the moment. Mm-hmm. And I don't think the way to fix the game is to break it again. <laughs> I don't think introducing a new character that's going to break it in some other would be like, oh, you know, well, yeah, we've we've created this monster with goats, which is fair enough to say, I would, I would imagine. I mean, like I said, a lot of people are fucking sick to death of yeah. seeing it uh, at League. Personally, I'd... Mm, I'm, indifferent i just enjoy watching people play <laughs> yeah, um right. and it's kind of like what you expect you know if you you like it's like going into an amura album and being like oh there's too many breakdowns it's like well, <laughs> that's what i'm here for bitch yeah exactly <laughs> like, that's what i'm expecting uh, you know i know what the meta is and i know what they're going to be running if i get anything else bonus if i don't it's what i'm expecting to see yeah people i guess d- it does heighten the excitement then when someone does pop out of mccree or something exactly. like when carpe comes out of mccree and you're like yeah let's go and he pops off yeah. exactly um but it's like I don't know. I think, yeah, either healer or support is what I would like to see, because like I said, there's already a massive DPS pool in yeah. it. But, yeah, I don't think that the way to kind of... Or maybe it is. Maybe, you know, the way to pick apart ghosts is to be like, right, well, here's this thing that if you do run ghosts, there's a hard counter to it. Yeah. So every time that... But then it's not going to get boring. If every time someone plays goats, it's just a kind of a nominal comp with a single character that has to be played on the other side, and then they switch off goats to something else. Yeah. Is that not going to, you know... How this um, so Jeff Kaplan is the oh like the head dev of of Overwatch right and he was when um, it was the community week or just before the community weekend a few of the content creator streamers went to Blizzard HQ and they were streaming games and it was part of the Bastet um, event yeah uh, and one of them was Fran the uh, Reigns content creator. And Jeff appeared on his stream and was just like, what do you people want? Like, you know, we like we introduce a new character and you say, oh, this isn't what we wanted. But then we listen to your feedback and they kind of like, we try and taper our development to your expectations. And then whenever we introduce it, you're like, oh, actually, this is too much of what we wanted. And it's just like, we can't win. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know, we like, we left. So before Shield Bash um, was nerfed, so where Brig used to be able to 
uh, stun through Reinhardt shield. You used to be able to stun a Reinhardt, yeah. which used to set up. Oh my god! I'm thinking about that now. Yeah, so you see, it's, it's like, like it used oh to set up. My god. It used to set up shatters all of that was obviously the meta at the time. You yeah. shield bash, shatter, and then bomb or whatever you want to kind of combo with it. That was the pro meta towards it, uh, and they nerfed it. And you can still kind of do it. Like some in a, like a lot of circumstances, a lot of pro players can still kind of do it. You just can't be so as that. Whereas before, you could just put Briggs shield that walk directly at the Reinhardt and then <laughs> yeah. just like stun him, stick like, a noggin in. Yeah, like, you, just go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be a bit more tactile about it these days. Yeah. But a lot of pro players, you know, it still works. But or you have uh, a lot of circumstances where you'll grab and then uh, charge like Reinhardt charge through a Reinhardt, or you'll have a Lucio boop them up. Um, which is how uh, Rhea got that 4K. Yeah. Um, on I think it was Elios the other yeah, day. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I I don't really know. Like I said, there are so many wild theories I've seen on Reddit for kind mm. of where the community would like to see it go, or how they can kind of picture it um, going forward. A lot of them were just kind of yeah. completely irrational. Someone said a, a character like Soldier but a healer, and I was like, well, a healer with a machine like a machine gun healer. <laughs> yeah. Like, how is that going to work? But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not really sure. I'm, I'm just interested. To, like I said, they're so intricate in their reveal design. I'm just interested to see how it unfolds. Yeah, for sure. Well, in episode three, we might know a lot Hopefully. more about it. But yeah. that's what we know so far. Um, I think before we strive off the topic of Paris, um, I think we should just give our thoughts on it quick. Um, even though I've only played one match on it yeah, so but... far in our case. Um, I kind of like to keep them for real games because mm-hmm. um, then that's when you really find out what's the problem, good about the it the problem with playing any quick player arcade game is that no one plays a proper composition you, you don't really get a true feel for a game because you throw in yeah so I want to go playing 6 DPS in a Zenyatta like but in, exactly. a, in a real match setting you're not going to develop strategy or anything around that no of course no you need that real life environment to be yeah. like this is how you adapt but um, I thought it was cool um I, the only real thing that pointed out to me was how wide point B is. I think that's a good a good thing though. That doesn't happen very often. Is no, it's like there's normally one specific choke, which yeah. you've got that middle archway. Yeah. Um, but you've got those side entrances then, and I think that's going to be good for snipers. Like Hanamura, for example, where obviously you go up to, to point B, and for the yeah. most part, you've got main, or you can kind of keep like line of sight on three specific points. You go main, top left, and kind of bottom right that's the three main people, places people attack for no one ever yeah. rotates like if you're uh, defending yeah yeah if, yeah, so, yeah if you're defending it's 2cp <clears throat> point um, so it's point B yeah so you've, you've got like three places where people are like looking to come from no one would ever really no one's going to rotate across balcony on Hanamura because you're just going to get shot out <laughs> yeah basically. exactly um, but yeah I think it provides a lot of variety for flanking I think this was something that Kabaji was saying as well when he was initially looking around the map Oish. <laughs> um, and he was just saying that it was really cool to find somewhere that like there's, there seems to be a lot of like flanking lines and things yeah. so it kind of lends itself quite nicely to DPS players versus something like a very bulky GOATS comp it doesn't look like that kind of yeah um, as I mentioned map. about snipers I think it's going to yeah. be good for Hanzo to get in those lines same as Widow same as Ash you're going to have those players I think not necessarily being in the front line but letting their tanks go in but holding back slightly and trying to get those pickoffs before you go in. Because once you're in, you're in there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. Um, that was the only real thing that, after one play, like, yeah, jumped I've, out at me. I've solo queued a little bit, and it's come up maybe once. Just uh, like some quick play I've done, and yeah. just kind of as warm-up matches, I've had it maybe once. But, um, 
yeah, I mean, it, it seems nice. There's a as you move on to point A, there's that initial high ground for the defense if they don't want to initially defend from the point. It seems nice. It, it seems like they've set it up for maybe two yeah. good fights at point A. And then point B is a really interesting one for kind of how flankable it is. So I don't know how a a real defense is going to set up on it, but you know, mm. hopefully it gets introduced to the competitive playlist. In yeah, I don't next know. Season. What's the usual time frame between like PTR and then arcade and then actually on to? Um, I, they introduce it the pre pre or they introduce it like partway through a normal season. I can't. I think this is what they did with Rialto. Well, the season ends in three days, right? Yeah, yeah. So, so it depends how long the wait is between, because there's no set time between seasons. So, no. so between season three and four, like two hours. Yeah, <laughs> and then before that, there was like a week. I'm so, hoping that it is minimal again, because that in, that not, in between, you kind of like, what do I do? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we'll be playing Apex, so it doesn't. Matter. Yeah, true. Yeah, we didn't have Apex last time. No, um, but I think it'll. Uh, It'll give an opportunity if they do want to make a little bit of a longer pause between seasons, whether they then want to drop a little bit of additional content regarding the potential of Hero 30. Yeah. Maybe. Um, if they kind of want to push people towards playing Paris a little bit more, if, if like I said, if a little bit more information gets added around the secret door or if any more clues come in or whatever, I think people, you know, would gravitate. I think people would kind of eat that up. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, well... Again, we'll we'll see what happens next week. I think we'll know by next week. Um, but um, back onto the league, I only have one point, and you know what that is, boy. <laughs> if you listened last week, um, when I mentioned about my team pick for this second season of Overwatch League was the Shanghai Dragons, and if your memory serves you right, we went on a 42-game losing streak as a franchise mm-hmm. until Friday. Until Friday. Well, th- Thursday, but yeah. fr- Friday for us. Friday for us, yeah. Um, we went up against Boston Uprising, mm-hmm. and we got that W. Got the W. Let's go. 3-1. 3-1. Um, it was awesome to see. Oh, yeah, I mean? absolutely. Like, and the community were ecstatic. Yeah, like, which I personally didn't expect like that much of a positive response, because I didn't think... Well, they are kind of a fan favorite now, especially because of Gaguri. Yeah. Um, everyone loves her, yeah. which is sick. Do you know what I mean? But yeah, chat went off. The whole room went off. I was like... Analysts went off. Yeah, analysts went off. Yeah, even Jane was like, I'm so happy to witness. Sideshow turned into a, uh, a Dragon Ball Z Super Saiyan character. Yeah. Just screaming. <laughs> no, not even words, just screaming. Yeah. And yeah, it was amazing to see. And like I said, the community seemed to be kind of really behind it, which is obviously exactly what you want. Yeah. Like any saltiness, I think, would have kind of sullied the moment a yeah bit, for sure and it makes it that much sweeter that the first win happy for him is against boston which is of course is gamsu's previous team. team and i think like i i remember before the game they'd done that little piece with him um and he was just on about like uh it was great to be on a 10 game winning streak or yeah. with boston being those players they'll always be my teammates um but, but he was like this franchise of shanghai is not going on a losing streak with me on their team and then he goes out against his old team and so, gets it. So, I mean, like, that's awesome. So good. Since then, though, a few controversies have come to light. So the, the kind of the minor ones of them being, one of them is the presence of fusion or the lack thereof for the Boston Uprising. The star main tank player has come up from uh, Uprising Academy. Um, so he's on a two-way contract. Yeah. Season three of Contenders Overwatch at the start of the season, Fusions was playing for 
the academy team for London, <coughs> the Spitfires Academy team. I'm pretty sure it's the London Tornadoes. Um, and then was moved over to Uprising Academy. Didn't play for Uprising Academy and then has been called up to the main role since Gamzu moved over to Shanghai. So they needed a main role, uh, main tank role filled. Yeah, Fusions have been playing for them. Apparently, kind of a few minutes before the game started, Uprising were told that Fusions wasn't allowed to play for them because of limitations with his contract. So because he has performed within the prior season, the immediately prior season of Contenders, he is ineligible to play more than two games within Overwatch League. Per stage? Per stage. Oh, okay. I thought it was due to the return of Color Hex. Color Hex is DPS. Yeah, but who was, there, who was playing there, Winston? Because he was playing main tank instead of... A- Axiom? Fusions, yeah. But I figured, due to the comp that they were running... That they had started Color Hex just because of his return. No, so what, what I, from, like I said, from what I've seen, that's the reason why Fusion. That does make it. a bit more sense. And um, I think it is kind of up for contention. Is that a word? <laughs> Contention? Contention. That's, that's the word, right? <laughs> it's anyway, up in the air. <laughs> anyway, this, this isn't an English podcast. Yeah. Um, it's up. In- <laughs> I should stick to uh, to layman's terms. Yeah. Um, I think it is just a case that Boston needs to amend his contract or offer him a new contract to make him a permanent role because I think he would be an amazing addition to their roster. He performed outstandingly in the first few games he played. Yeah. I think to the surprise of kind of the league, you know, and like it shows. It, yeah, if he was an academy player being called up, people weren't really expecting amazing things out of him and kind of really pulled it out of the bag. Um, so yeah, so I think it is just a case that he gets. Obviously, you can't sort that sort of legality out minutes yeah. before a game starts. So I think whether it will be for this coming week or whether it'll be next stage, whatever. Whether it is kind of set in stone now that, oh, actually, no, he is out for the rest of the stage. He goes back to playing for Uprising Academy for the rest of the stage or kind of scrimming with them and then comes in for stage two or whatever. Mm. But I think it, it is just a case that Boston are going to give him a new contract and he he becomes their main tank player. Mm. Um, second to that is the potential of Gaguri knowing what Boston are going to do. But the more thought I give to this, the less kind of credibility I give to it because you're just going to run goats. <laughs> it's not like Boston have got some secret strat that they were going to pull out. Do you mean Gamsu knowing what? Gam- yeah, yeah. Sorry, not Gaguri. Sorry. That's my my notes being terrible. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, yeah, I think it's just the case that, yeah, the, the more I think about it, the, le- the less I think that this is kind of, has anything to do with anything. No, I, I don't think it does at all, really. Um, it's not as if he knew exactly what comps they were going to run I mean, he he would because he would have been scrimming with them because they only joined Shanghai yeah, like, seventy two hours before yeah, the league like three started. Days before, yeah, true. Because <laughs> uh, who was it from Shanghai who left Fearless? And that's kind of still a shred and a little bit of mystery because no one really knows why he was removed, whether he was underperforming. I think they cited medical issues, hmm. but yeah, nothing's really been elaborated yeah, on sure. it. Um, but yeah, so Gamsu coming across whether he knew what they were going to do, but again, it's just run goat's forehead, like you know, no one. Yeah. Well, the first map was Helios, and I remember um, we ran a Farah and Widow mm. off the rip, and um, we steamrolled them, both those maps. 2-0, two, two first map secured. Um, I can't remember what Boston came out with, but they struggled, man. They struggled tremendously. I don't know whether it's potentially that they were just underestimating them. Maybe because obviously you know they had gone forty two and zero. Yeah, they were seen, especially in season one. They were seen a little bit of a kind of a meme team. 
Like mm. no one took them seriously, especially kind of by stage four when it just kept happening. They kept losing flat bottom of the league. No one really took them seriously. Yeah, they didn't look like a threat. So whether it is a case that they got underestimated, who knows? Mm. Yeah, and then it was Kings Row next, and that's when Note ran with Reaper on their attack, but they just couldn't seem to get through our defense man at all. Um, we held that first point pretty well, um, and then when it was our turn to attack, we came straight out with a Sombra. And it it just seemed like they didn't have an answer for us. Do you know what I mean? Like we just rolled straight over them. It's the same thing with awesome. Spark this week. So obviously going into week two, Spark were two and zero. Oh, yeah. They and they looked so dominant. And then this week, the two games they've played, uh, NYXL and someone else, London, potentially. Yeah. Um, and they just looked so slow off the mark. They just didn't look like they knew what they were doing. No, I know madness. Um, but the third issue with the Shanghai Boston game. Yeah. This is where the tin for lat comes out. Okay. So the owner of Boston Uprising is a gentleman called Robert Kraft of the Kraft family kind of business. I can't think of the correct word for it. Mm. Um but they own an absolute ton of they're like a massive multinational corporation that own ventures in a in a ton of different sectors. Um and they have quite a few sporting interests, most notably uh, they own Patriots and also the New York, uh, what are the, I can't remember, the, the soccer team from New York as well. Oh, right. Um, and the Gillette Stadium where both of them play. So it's got a few bob then. Yeah. You know, he's doing all right for himself. <laughs> yeah. He can afford a few pints of milk down the shop. Yeah. So he has been charged in a prostitution and human trafficking investigation as what is called a John. Um, which is just someone that solicits the services of uh, prostitutes and potentially human trafficked sex slaves. Um, So there's a theory going around that Boston intentionally underperformed to take media interest away from that fact. However, I think that's a a bit tinfoil hat. Yeah, that's really pushing. Because, you know, the Overwatch community aren't... He's not most known for owning Boston Uprising of the Overwatch League. No. If he's a Patriots owner and the Gillette Stadium I think if there was something derived to cover his mishap up I think they get the Patriots involved yeah personally. I mean it's off season for the NFL so well, you're, you're going to bring them out and be like oh you know boys we're going to we're going to uh, <laughs> we're going to um, someone get in a car crash exactly. that's literally what I was going to say is <laughs> we're going to fake a car crash boys yeah. and all of you have got to be in the car <laughs> <laughs> yeah Brady, get in a car. <laughs> yeah. um, get in a car. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was one thing I saw. Again, I I don't think there's much truth Man, to that. The Overwatch community are class. They're great. Yeah, like, I tell you, that's if the F- incredible. FBI ever run out of detectives, <laughs> yeah. join Reddit. Just, just go on the Overwatch League Reddit. All problems will be solved. Mm. Um, but but yeah. we won. But yeah, that's the important thing. So, the community was super happy about it. Um, it leads me on to another thing as well. So the last... We recorded the last episode of the podcast partway through the first weekend. Yeah. And now we're recording just after Monday the 25th, just after the second weekend. In that time, the top three teams or the top three seeded teams have played the bottom three seeded teams. I don't know if you noticed this or whatever. Yeah. Um, with varying levels of success. So London, obviously going into this league, number one seed, winners of inaugural first season. 
um, I've played the Washington Justice, who were widely regarded as probably the bottom seed in most people's power rankings. Obviously, they won the expansion team, so they didn't play last year. And London struggled. Yeah, they won. Almost done him. Yeah, exactly. They were 2-0 down, right? Yeah. Ooh. London had to come through with a reverse sweep to go 3-2 up. Yeah, exactly. And I thought Washington were going to do them. Mm. It was the same with Fusion, though, this weekend. Yeah, and that's one of the other teams I've Sorry. got as well. It's, it's fine. It's I'm fine. Jumping. It's fine. Um, uh, but yeah, the the Washington London game was painful yeah. to watch. I mean, thankfully this weekend they've kind of looked like a bit of a different team, or kind of end of the weekend they've looked like a bit of a different team. But um, but yeah, again, a lot of analysts went on a. It just seems like yeah, like um, what's that analyst name? Slideshow. Slideshow. Yeah. Yeah, he went off on London Ice. Yeah, yeah. Um, he like because he's having visa problems, so he's not. Yeah, so he's, he's normally one of the desk the analysts at. The, at the kind of Overwatch League but game, he was streaming you know. wasn't he and he yeah, was yeah, like but he streams the games at the moment they are all over the place he said they're they look lost coaches are sleeping yeah they just got no direction he said um, he said Bird Ring just playing with his monitor off yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and Bird Ring didn't feature this uh, the most recent game that they played yeah and obviously they won far more Beats convincingly Park, yeah. yeah far more convincingly um, oh yeah Spark 3-1 wasn't it yeah. Um, but yeah so that, that was one of them Philadelphia Florida being the other one Philly lost. Unbelievable, that is. And number two seed, and up until that point, looked like the dominant force in the league. And yeah. then they go up against Florida Mayhem. Again, seeded maybe 19th. Yeah, 19th. Yeah, 19th, yeah, 18th, maybe. And again, like... What was that, 2-1? Yeah. Madness. I still don't get it. Like, I, I'm, I'm hopefully you can explain this to me, because I'm still getting confused, and I haven't had a chance to look it up yet. But how do some games go to a fourth map, even though... All games already 3-0 All up. games go to a fourth map. So the 2-1 means that there was a draw on a map? Yes. Okay. Why play the extra map if you're 3-0 up? Because map differential comes into play. So at the end of each stage... Like goal difference. So there's only a game... A team only plays seven games per stage, especially in the current season where there are now 20 teams as opposed to 12 teams. From, I think they played 12 games per mm. stage last year. But they, they played far more games last year per team. This year they were only playing seven games per team per stage. Um, and at the end of each stage, map differential will really come into play. So you'll have a team, you'll, I would imagine, I mean, XL are the only team at the moment who are undefeated, I believe in New York Excelsior. Yeah. Um, below that, then kind of deciding the rankings, there's going to be a lot of kind of two ones, three, like kind of three ones, two twos or whatever. And it'll be map differential that comes into play because you can still win a, like, win. There are a few teams that kind of are winning their games marginally and then when they lose they're losing really really heavily so they'll have a negative map differential mm. whereas then there are teams that when they lose they lose really really marginally and when they win they steamroll people yeah that does make sense no yeah because um, i was getting really confused i just thought it was really ash like you're three nil down but let's play another map anyway no no um and then the only reason it goes to a map five if it's if it's two all two all yeah yeah of course yeah um Whilst on the subject of fusion, Dallas Fuel also beat them. Mm-hmm. Did you see the beef between Jane and Carpe? Yeah, I think loved they, it. Thought they, it was hilarious. Oh yeah, great. I think they settled <laughs> it after the map. But. Oh yeah, Jane said straight away, "Is like you know, you'll bounce back." Like yeah, great game or whatever. But that's I think that's what we need more of. Like that stood out to me being like, I love a bit of shit talk. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like hype the game up a little bit. Do you know what exactly. I mean? I think we were saying this the other day, weren't we? The, yeah, like, yeah, we said it last week. But oh, yeah, it was good to see it. Like, it was for once. And Jane is just hilarious in herself anyway. Yeah, absolutely. But um, that really hyped up the game up for me. And then they did the interview with Jane straight away mm-hmm. after the game. 
Um, and yeah, he kind of just rubbed it in his face a little bit more, which we need more of. Yeah, well, I, think, I welcome like, that. Bring more shit talk, I bring more think, beef. I don't think there is a great deal of genuine animosity within no, the Overwatch League at all. I don't think there really ever will be a very serious incident where there's serious animosity. I don't know. There have been but a he, few controversial characters. But like even if you don't mean it, just say your shit. Or like, yeah. I'm going to beat you. Do you know what I mean? And this, I think this is something I'm going to come along to with um, with UFC a little bit later. But yeah. the kind of idea of like talking yourself up, because no one ever goes into, although this is an interesting point with uh, the LA Valiant, but um, they, yeah, you never really go into an event of this magnitude and be like, oh, we might do all right. You know, you're always going to go in swinging. You're going to be like, yeah, we're going to smash people. <laughs> yeah. Although, yeah, I think it was the, I know it was the, Glad- sorry, the Gladiators uh, head coach went on record before the season started because a lot of people were putting them top five in their power rankings. And he was just like, you guys are like, you know, calm down. Like, you know. No way. Yeah, he was just <laughs> we like, you know. ain't that good. Like. No, he was just like, yeah, you know, we, we might be all right. Like, but I don't know why people are thinking so highly of us. <laughs> I mean, fortunately, they are a great team. Yeah. But yeah, he was just like, I don't know where this expectation is coming from. Um but yeah, obviously, I think a little bit more shit talking would be welcome. Yeah, I man. think kind of friendly rivalry. I don't know where the Pretty language normal. barrier kind of comes into play, especially social media presence and things. A lot of yeah, a, a massive amount of Korean talent in the Overwatch League that I can't imagine. How funny would it be though if someone's shit talking in a completely different language? Just Korean, yeah, Korean. Like your shit, and then the friends like, yeah, cool man. Yeah, you just post like, <laughs> so like oh, yeah. yeah, thanks, bro. Yeah, nice one. Kabe, Kabe sucks, and you just get a Korean tweet back, and you're like, <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Wild. Speaking of Defran, did you see him and Shroud on Twitter as well? Oh, oh, was this the Realm Royale thing? No, Shroud digged the league. Oh, really? So yeah, Shroud like just he just did Overwatch League, and then he put a GIF up. You know Michael Scott from the yeah, Office yeah. when he's like, "I wish you could see my face right now." <laughs> I was gonna say yeah, good audio representation of <laughs> yeah. Michael Scott's face. You could say cringing. <laughs> yeah, he's he's proper cringing, and then um, I don't know why they were just bait. Or, Probably. yeah, do you know what I mean? But the guy, DeFran, replied, and he just replied going, go play your Fortnite tourney, Shroud. That was it. That was literally it. There's a really, really funny video on DeFran's YouTube channel where he he's playing... Do you remember Realm Royale? Did you ever play it? Yeah, we yeah we didn't play it. I've, I haven't, I've never played it. Is that on console as well? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it is. It's, it's quite recent. There's, again, one of those kind of uh, the BRs that sort of tried prominence. Yeah, 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 and just kind of disappeared. Mm. Um, and there's a video on Defran's YouTube channel where he comes up against Ninja and Shroud in separate teams. I think there was like um, it was like the Twitch rivals. Please tell me you'd done him. Oh, bro, smashed him. Oh, yes. And then there's like he flicks the clips from Ninjas and Stroud's streams where they're just losing their minds, being like, "Why does this guy keep killing us?" <laughs> and it's the funniest thing in the world. Let's go, dude. <laughs> um, I'd I'd love to see like again more crossover esport players just being like, "This is what I think of your thing." Yeah. Just one v one them. Let's go neutral and let's go rust cod. One on one, let's set. I mean, but a lot of the play, like obviously, they may have like risen to notoriety in a single game, but a lot of them have quite a varied background. Oh, of course, yeah, um, yeah, for sure. But yeah, if you can find um, kind of neutral ground upon which to fight, that would be really funny. Yeah, it would be good. FIFA, FIFA, <laughs> yeah, guitar hero. Yeah, like. right, you're a CS:GO pro. I'm an Overwatch <laughs> pro. Let's go have a game of FIFA. <laughs> let's riff. Guitar Hero Three: Legends of Rock. Through the fire and the flames. Let's go. Let's have it. Like, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, I mean, that was pretty much it in a nutshell for this week, wasn't it? I think the highlights. I mean, the only other thing I've got is just how unstoppable NYXL look at the minute. The only I haven't actually team... seen one of their games yet. No? They've always played a bit late for me. Yeah, um, okay. Because obviously, getting up for work and stuff, that does get in the way. Um, I plan on now, though, um, there's that YouTube channel, Action Esports, mm. and they condense all of the games into like 10 minutes. Oh, really? Yeah, so it's really handy because... Nice. Obviously, we can't stay up all night, every night on the weekends, watching four or five games in a row. Mm-hmm. We can. But, but we got some Apex to play. Yeah, yeah. I mean? um, so that's really handy. I'm going to start doing that. Um, so all the games I can't watch, I'll just watch the highlights. Um, Fair enough. I mean, quite a few of their players, they didn't make... They were sort of similar to London in the respect that they didn't make a great number of changes between mm. Season 1 and Season 2, which kind of left them open to some criticism. A lot of people said that Jonak wasn't going to be kind of the beast that he was in season one. They got Pine as well, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't think he's played this season yet. Um, mm. Not to my knowledge. Um, and yeah, I mean, Jonak's obviously come out and just completely stood up to criticism. Same as Defran, though. Obviously, where Defran came in, he was sort of one of the really prominent stars prior to Overwatch League starting. And yeah. when he came in, there were a lot of questions raised about whether he would be able to live up to his previous kind of uh, capabilities. Uh, and he really obviously has, thankfully. Well, Joan thankfully will have a bit of pressure after being MVP in the final. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, so just he came out and... I say in the final of the whole season, but he's presented it yeah, yeah, there and there. Yeah. Um, he He's really stood up to criticism. And I think they've got one of the best main tanks in the league with Mano. Hmm. Um, there are a few others that kind of are particularly notable at the moment. You've got Gesture, who plays for Spitfire, and uh, Bumper, who plays for the Titans, Vancouver. Um but yeah, I mean, as a whole, they just seem like the most met, like cohesive team. They mm. just seem to be stomping people at the minute. Um, yeah, I think they're a very high-seeded team anyway, aren't they? So I'm they're, kind of, they're expected to do well. There's going to be a lot to... to there mark, might be some upsets the coming their way. You never know. I mean... Can't really see it happening. No. No, with like... No, with the talent that they've got. I just can't see it. No. They rip. <laughs> they do. They do rip, yeah. Nice. Um... For all you MMA fans, we are going to be touching on MMA and Two, three, five. UFC later because Saturday is like Christmas in the UFC world, I think. One of the biggest cards in a very long time, but we'll put on the back burner for now. Um, we're still playing Apex. Yeah. I'm still enjoying it as much as the first day I played it at the moment. Um, yeah. A bit more news this week coming out from Apex and Respawn. So first thing, you saying that you're still enjoying it as much as you did when it came out. Yeah. Um, Respawn, Vince Zambella has kind of made an announcement coming up to a month. What are you looking at? I don't know. <laughs> I thought I saw something fall, man. Shit myself. Continue. Um, yeah, they, they kind of made a, a public statement just being thanking the community. They've had 25 million unique players since launch. Worth. And the peak of that was 2 million concurrent players at a single time on the server which is madness funny enough I got 2 million kills one day one game <laughs> did you? work that one out yeah <laughs> world record yeah that's huge that's, yeah. that's Massive. ridiculous numbers. like I said coming out of thin air and just smashing it yeah done a really really great job I think what we didn't touch on last week was the um, the answer to other BR yeah developers how they've kind of reacted to it. I think we did touch on it, but we didn't really go into it that much. Yeah. So I believe that um, Call of Duty, they released two new maps, right? 
So, I mean, the development plan of that, it, it's, I don't know whether some of it was, so the black market feature, which is their interpretation of a battle pass, is free to all Call of Duty players, because obviously Call of Duty is a pay-to-play game anyway. Yeah. Um, I've always thought that's been pretty bad, though. Yeah, so they, they've done a massive overhaul of that, and it is something that the community's been asking for. So I don't think that that is as a direct response to Apex. I don't think that Call of Duty have just been like, right, hang on, this new game's come out, we we now need to fix our stuff. Because it, it just doesn't make sense, and especially the turnaround time it would have taken. I know that, you know, they're a massive company. Is yeah. there anyone Infinity Ward or Treyarch? Treyarch. Treyarch. Yeah. Um, I see Treyarch, Activision, two enormous companies, but I do not think that they would have the resources to do the overhaul that they have in the time allowed. Yeah, that's fair. Um, so I think that they were things that were coming anyway. They're welcome changes, definitely. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I don't think that that's a direct response. What I do think is a direct response, which is incredibly interesting, is the in, the massive discount that Call of Duty has at the moment. Yeah, didn't you say it was like £29 or something? Twenty seven ninety nine. That's ridiculous. Less than six months after launch. Oh my God. And I know obviously they've dropped the single player campaign, so there's not as much kind of individual content. It is a lot more yeah. repetitive than there was previously. However, again, for a AAA franchise... That's huge. I remember Infinity, um, Infinite Warfare mm-hmm. dropping heavily though, very quickly. Oh really? But I just think that didn't was, get a good reception. Yeah, anyway. Shit. Yeah, because it was an awful. Was game. that one with Kevin Spacey in it? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Infinite Warfare was the one with Notorious in it. Oh yeah. Yeah. What was the one with Kevin Spacey in it then? I think that was before. Right, so. I'm not too sure. I could be wrong. It was. It was when they first started. It was the first game they in, uh, introduced, like the mecha, not the mecha, just like the human modification shit. That was Black Ops Three, bro. Okay. We smashed that. So that was the one with Kevin Spacey. Yeah, that's the one with Kevin Spacey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. And then it was Conor McGregor after it. Yeah. Um, was there one in between Infinite Warfare and Black Ops Four? <laughs> maybe. <laughs> if there was, I didn't play it. Yeah, maybe. I yeah, I can't remember. Um, but yeah, I remember Infinite Warfare dropping heavily real quick. I remember going to the game being like, oh shit. Like, But Black Ops 4... <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're on now, Tom, yeah, yes. Yeah. Black Ops 4 hasn't had that negative critical reception. No, no it's, it's a been, really revered game. Yeah, it's been hailed by even some of the pros as one, one of the best. Yeah, Big um, T loved it. Yeah. Um, I know there has, there's the polar opposite then, and there's pros out there with the absolute contrast in hating mm. it. Yeah. Um, Mixed bag, I think, but majority is very positive. I love it, personally. I think it's, it's, yeah, it's great. it was good. I definitely played that a lot more than I have, well, since Black Ops 3. Yeah. Because um, we ripped Black Ops 3. World War 2 was the one that came up between them. That was the... Oh, bro. Yeah. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. Not World yeah, of yeah. War. World War <laughs> I 2. I thought you meant World of War. I was <laughs> yeah. like, bro, you're like 15 years behind Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> World War 2, yeah, you're right, yeah. Because... Um, we didn't play that at all. I Well, I played it a little bit. I despised it um but yeah it wasn't it a takes fan a real a something to get me involved in a in a world war ii based game now yeah. and it just i don't know after because Done i was, so, it, I was so so in love with world at war that yeah. was like my first real heavily invested first person shooter online game and yeah, yeah it just kind of so killed, killed it for me um, um so yeah it doesn't surprise me too much but obviously there's fortnite's battle pass as well mm-hmm. that Pretty much saying that you get season eight's battle pass for free, but you need to play it right now. Yeah, which I think is super clever. Yeah, being like, yeah, okay, you if you come back right now, don't play Apex, come and play Fortnite again, play it, do these challenges, 
and then we'll give you something for free that's going to keep you playing Fortnite. Yeah, exactly. So it's immediate action for future reward, mm-hmm. which I think, yeah, super clever. Gold star for Dire Epic, figuring that one out. Mm. Die. Die like, die Fortnite, innit? Die Fortnite at Epic. <laughs> but yeah, obviously they are the kind of company, like I said, that they've got like such a huge resource pool. Yes. Yeah. They've got so much money. They can just pull something out of the bag. Yeah. But, but yeah, then I, again, that didn't, I don't think that required much manpower. No, that's just someone in a boardroom being like, yo, what if we tell people to come and play now and then we'll give them something yeah. for free later? Just add these like three or four challenges Yeah, and we'll get we'll get our audience back. Do you know yeah. So, um, and it has its work to a degree. A lot of pros have gone back. Um, to Ninja's play gone in, back. Yeah, to play in Fortnite again, which is cool to see. Um, the other thing they've introduced, obviously, is hoverboards. And the only note that I have about this is that the mechanics on their hoverboards are better than that game's steep. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you've taken from it. That's the only thing I've taken from it. But um, yeah, steep uh, man. We downloaded that recently. Obviously, it was the free game. Was it December or was it January? January. January. It was January's. But I bought it. Poor you. I purchased it when it first came out, and it was one of those games where I only played it because I spent money on it. Yeah. Like. I when I when that first got announced, I was just like, "Oh my god, this is like the continuation of the legacy of like SSX." SSX, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what I wanted. Yeah, I was and like, it just "Bring wasn't. it back." <laughs> nah. Oh man, like the the way that that game worked is so confusing. Oh, like, it's awful. Oh my god. So obviously, we already downloaded it for free yeah. with the PS Plus in January. I played it for all of ten minutes and absolutely hated it. Yeah, just to go for a bloody snowboard with your mate, you have to run a bloody marathon and do two backflips. Like, yeah, yeah. Rubbish. Unbelievable. Terrible. Yeah, I was like, what am I doing? Like, I, I even... But obviously, since I played it, because obviously, as soon as I, like, add enough of it, I was like, right, trade it in. Yeah. See you later. And you were I thinking, like, oh, you know, maybe they've patched it. Yeah. Maybe they've improved it. Just made it more confusing. Yeah. Added more screens, more, more of everything. <laughs> I want to go there. How do I get there? Don't know, but... Cool. All right. Nice well, what, what you've got to do is you've got to get your binoculars out. You've got to look around the peaks, and then when it highlights, you can then get a helicopter up there, and then you've got to ride down through a set of gates, and then you unlock. And it's like, fuck off, man! <laughs> yeah. I just want to go for a snowboard. Like, <laughs> I just want to go skiing with the boys. Like, <laughs> god damn um, it! And moving back to World War Two, Battlefield Firestorm. So I've done a bit more reading on it. And I mean, it was announced at launch. So there's a few. Yeah, we kind of whiffed that last week, didn't we? Yeah, there's there's a few things about it. So Polygon ran a really, really interesting headline last November. This is a couple of days before launch. I think it it, it got launched in three stages. And the best of those stages, you didn't have to buy the game. So you know Origin Access. Yeah. Um, it's like that re- EA thing. Yeah, yeah. It's been yeah. really, really hyped at the minute. Anthem came out a week early on it. I think the Division 2 is coming out early on it. There's quite a few games that are kind of really, really investing in it, whereas a subscription service, I think you pay £15 a month, £49, something like that. Um, and you get games, like, you, obviously you don't get games for free because you're paying monthly for it. Um, but it's in place of paying for, like, battle passes. It's like and the Netflix like of games. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think that format, though, of entertainment is eventually going to, take over maybe not as much in the video so this game is a, a big thing for ps5 actually no maybe not ps5 but maybe the generation after that where eventually physical media is going to be phased out yeah no eventually discs. um and yeah I games fucked then <laughs> i think that will be kind of the prevailing um kind of mode of choice for people to kind of distribute their media yeah however um yeah so polygon ran this headline saying ea doesn't want you to buy they want you to subscribe which i think kind of speaks 
not only kind of as a literal thing where they want you to buy into Origin Access, and like I said, I think the game came out on the 9th of November if you bought it through Origin. If you bought the premium version of the game, you then got it on like the 14th. And then if you just bought the standard version of the game, you got it like the 19th. So mm-hmm. it was it was quite a big gap. And they never called it early access. They didn't want to sit, they wanted that to be like the like the initial actual release of the game. Um and also kind of it speaks towards the fact that they've dropped their content periodically. They really didn't want to release a fully fledged finished game at launch. They wanted to be like, okay, here's like some of the game to the point where there were menus. This is something you would expect from a beta. Yeah. Where like Anthem's a good example where you would walk through the kind of market world, the like the home hub of Anthem, and you could interact with a lot of people, but a lot of people would just say, Oh, this feature isn't available in the in the demo. You've yeah, got to wait for it. Yeah. So this but that's what EA did with Battlefield, Battlefield Five, where they were just whole menus in the in the like the full game that said, Oh no, this is this content's coming soon. <laughs> What's it saying? Hat and like eat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And people would be like, I, you know, you've bought the premium version, you've just paid 75 quid for it. And you're just like, oh, cool, okay, so that, I can't... Do you want to see this? Yeah. Nah. Wait, wait a month. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So they, Not they, yet. They kind of want to drop... Um, they want to drop it periodically. They want to okay. be like, okay, here's the first bit. And a few... Um, I think it's the lead developer for EA did come out and say that was intentional because if you give people too much at once, it just gets lost in them. You get some people doing one bit of it, some people doing another bit of it. Nothing gets fully engaged with, and you just end up losing people. Whereas if you give them a bit of the time, they'll experience everything in full and appreciate it more, which is something I can understand. And I think it is the way that battle royales really work because no one expects... This is the problem with something like COD versus something like Fortnite, Mm. where no one expects this expansive kind of multifaceted game from Fortnite. You expect to be really pick up and play, kind of an easy hit you yeah. can jump on with one game hard I think okay, Battlefield as well people expect a bit more of an immersive experience so when you don't give them that off the bat and you want them to kind of wait for next steps and things it gets super frustrating mm. um, the other thing about kind of obviously Battlefield is is there any point <laughs> in releasing a BR? not necessarily well the whole game itself flopped didn't it yeah like, so uh, the I think se- we mentioned it last week but I was just when it first came out, we sesh Battlefield 1. Yeah. Like, I was a big fan of it. Since... I hated it, but I still played it. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it, man. I thought it was, it was like, it was. It felt like a proper Battlefield game. It felt like running simulator to me. Running simulator. <laughs> Just run for 10 minutes, die, and then run for another 10 minutes. Like... <laughs> well, you're not very good then, are you? <laughs> no, evidently not. But yeah, CEO of EA, uh, Andrew Wilson, came out and said that he believes they should have spent far more time developing the Battle Royale than the single player because the single player has been widely criticized as being just that's exactly what COD did CAC yeah COD uh, yeah. was like we're going to bend this campaign yeah even though the World War 2 one which I played through was labelled as the best COD campaign ever hmm. um, and that's going up against Modern Warfare's original yeah. campaign which is all gillied uh, yeah like just <laughs> those are the three words like yeah, that, is, that three mission words. is my whole teenage years in one mission of a game yeah like, that's it that is the peak but world war Two did very well with that campaign so i know it's a different developer because that was obviously activision and this is now treyarch so treyarch probably made that decision before yeah, yeah the yeah. campaign was released to the world but but they had already preempted that being like right like, we're gonna this, release a beer yeah. this is the way that the gaming 
kind of environment is going, yeah. we can see that battle royale modes are really taking off. We're going to really, really buy into it. Yeah, for sure. And, and it was the right decision. I think. Absolutely. Yeah. And yeah, the CEO of EA has come out and been like, actually, yeah, we should have dropped the single player campaign, spent far more resources developing this Firestorm battle royale mode. That's a shit name. <laughs> but it, it, and it's so it's a ring of fire that closes in rather than like a gas or a wall or anything. It is like actual fire. That We're going to have a wall of water next game because they've obviously got to do something different every single time. Um, um, Firestorm ate it. No, I'm not going to play it due to the name. <laughs> Fuck it. I'm not going to play it because I've got to pay fucking 40 quid to buy it. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, but yeah, so Battlefield 5 sold less than half of the units that Battlefield 1 did. Um, That's big, man. Yeah. So Battlefield 1, I think this is between uh, relaunch, I think they launched about the same time, sort of October, November, or yeah. November, late October, and the new year, I think was the period that they were judging over. And Battlefield 1 sold something like just over 15 million units. And then... Battlefield 5, the new one, 7.4 million. Oof. But I was thinking, obviously that's... So you've got a total... If everyone that you've sold that game to in that period is going to play your Battle Royale mode, that's 7.4 million people. Probably, a, call it 9 million by now, it's probably gone up a little bit, but I can't imagine a great deal. Mm. Um, you've got 9 million potential customers to market this Battle Royale to. That's still a third... Of what of Apex. Apex is what yeah. we're working with. There's a game Compared like, to the yeah, 25 milli. That Apex have had download their game in a month. They've already lost. There's like less than half the time, or like half the time period, mm. three times as many sales. Yeah. Mental. Yeah, mental. But obviously, EA and Battlefield, they're a much bigger company than Respawn as well. Yeah. Because Respawn have only made the Titanfall games. Yeah. Like, that's their only Those are their, big like, releases. Yeah, they're, they're flagship. So comparing the company size as well to the release. Yeah. Marketing campaign, the lot. Yeah, like, that's a big I went, hit, I actually man. went back and I watched the trailers for Battlefield Five, mm. where they were talking about all these modes, and they don't mention anywhere in them when they're coming. It just kind of looks like, oh, this, you know, we're releasing all of this stuff. They went the complete opposite way. They're yeah. like, yeah, we are going to release all of it, but some of it you're going to have to wait six months for. <laughs> And people are just like, fuck they're, off. They're on the, no it, chance. It'll be the third expansion of Battlefield Five. Where so the th- I think the third expansion as a whole is called Firestorm as well. So mm. that's where that you get an extra campaign expansion and stuff. And then they drop these uh, this battle royale mode. But yeah, they've but said it's like a sixty-player mode or sixty-four-player mode because I think it's slightly different to Apex. I remember. Mm. Um, and it's just like, is there any point? There's not really, is there? Surely not. But I remember seeing a teaser for Battlefield 5, and I was like, mm, okay, I, I love Battlefield 1, so I'm in on this. Yeah. But it just, I forgot about it. I only like got reminded of it like start of the year when people were saying, no, I'm gonna, I picked up Battlefield over Christmas, and I was like, holy shit. Yeah, like, a new Battlefield game came out. Yeah, that's already like come and gone. Yeah. Like the release of it. I haven't even seen any gameplay. I think I see Shroud play like a minute of the beta when he was just ripping on a bridge somewhere. Um, yeah, I think I remember seeing some streamers Yeah, he was sniping the... or something, yeah, but that maybe. clip was, he popped off, dude. Yeah, yeah. But um, that was the only thing I've seen, and then it just totally dropped off. So, but again, I don't think, well, yeah, it is obviously the marketing side from EA, but it shows how well other people have done Yeah, as well. And like I said, I think it's just kind of putting your stocks in the right places. Yeah. Obviously, yeah. Most of the major franchises have gone down the battle royale route. They really wanted to. Uh, what 
Tides of War, I think is the name of the campaign side of it. And it's not a streamlined individual campaign. You drop into the stories of individuals in different circumstances. I think there were six initially. So you drop into like a mechanic from one place and then... Yeah, kind that of... was Battlefield 1. Oh, was that yeah, a, yeah. same thing as well? Same thing, yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you had different stories in different continents. Yeah, yeah. And different war backgrounds. Yeah. So, so you the... had the plane one, you had... But they did that and a lot of them are the non... The tank one. Yeah, they're non... So like non-infantry or non-military personnel. Okay. So they do it with like stories. There's like a, a girl whose sister has been kidnapped or like taken prisoner and she's got to try and break in and she becomes like a she's like a skier yeah. or something well of course battlefield 5 is a different time frame isn't it because battlefield 1 was world war 1 this is world war 2 i think is it yeah yeah. i thought it was modern again no 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 it's definitely See, shows war. how much i know about it yeah yeah um but yeah anyway it probably won't be picking that up to no, be honest definitely um, not. <laughs> yeah um in terms of apex um bit of news this week um new gun dropped yeah havoc, havoc. Another gun that I don't use. Um, I tend so, to just stay away from energy guns, man. So I've used it only briefly. I, it was not. It's definitely not going to join my kind of roster of favorite weapons by any means. No. Um, but I think the great thing about it is the fact that it didn't break the game. Yeah, true. There's so much potential for that where they could have dropped an energy AR. It could have become everyone's favorite weapon, especially the fact that obviously there's dual attachment potential on it. We can either have the turbocharger or the select fire receiver. I think it could have been the devotion but worse yeah because you put a turbocharger on that and you it rips yeah yeah I remember first getting shot at by a Havoc though with a select fire on it and it just turns into like a beam like an ion cannon yeah it reminded me of Star Wars and funny enough they're producing the new Star Wars game this yeah. year so I think they might be testing some stuff out no. do you know what I mean <laughs> don't be so stupid I know um, <laughs> yeah I mean I picked it up once missed every single shot with it and I haven't picked it up since. Maybe that says more about you than it is about the Havoc, though. Well, that my 13 kills says otherwise, brother. <laughs> or 13 total? <laughs> no. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I I don't know enough about it to really give um, a professional opinion on it. Um You probably knew more I mean, about it than me. No, I mean, like I said, I've picked up once or twice. I think it's cool. I think the fact that, like I said, it doesn't shift the the meta of the game drastically is no. a really great thing yeah um and that's i think we mentioned last week that's what we were looking yeah, for with the development of it yeah we sure. didn't want anything to come in the fact that it was going to drop and everyone was going to rush to it and that was going to be kind of the prevailing meta from then on um yeah so yeah that's fine on the basis of new guns apparently we've got a new one coming okay so before they dropped havoc when they were data mining they found um havoc in the code Mm-hmm. And it had the number 20 next to it. Okay. And it dropped on the 20th of February. Mm. So there's new... But underneath that line in the codes, there's another gun. Okay. And it's got the number 30 next to it. At first, people thought it would be damaged, but it didn't turn out that way. Um, so people think, somehow, it's the 30th of the month, but obviously there's only 28 days this month. So yeah. they think on March 2nd, there's going to be, which is Saturday. Maybe it's days since release maybe that could be another one um but apparently it's called the l star l star yeah okay. and it's another lmg just what the game needs yeah another and another one i mean there's only two so yeah spitfire and devotion yeah so those are the only two yeah, at the yeah. moment um 
that's literally all we know about it so far. People, there's a lot of speculation about it. Um, Big but, leaks. Yeah. They're not like the Overwatch community, are no, they? No, they're, they're not, not on it at all. No. Like, they're like, oh, yeah, cool, man. Yeah, nice one. It comes out on the 30th of February. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, you there, boys. Um, but there is damage details about it. So people have put down here that, um, that it will cause 21 per shot to the body and 42 to the head. Okay. So, I can't think offhand. But I think that's the generally what the Spitfire and Devotion do anyway. Okay. Maybe Devotion a little bit more when it's got the Devotion. attachment on it. Um, but that's all I know about the new gun. So we'll see. Again, we'll know by next week whether on Saturday it dropped or not. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Fair. Um, but I'm open to it as long as it's not another energy weapon. Because I just, I'm just, I just don't like them personally. Mm. I mean, I've gone. I don't pick up the Devotion no. purely because of the wind up time. But I don't know whether the wind-up time on it is any different to the Spitfire and whether I've just kind of got that natural bias against it. Just because I think the bias that I had from when I first started playing it was the fact that energy weapon was so scarce. So yeah. it's, all, it's all well and good picking up a Devotion. That's but, just to get the ammo. Yeah, you got 40 bullets all game. Yeah. You kill one person with it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, um, but yeah, the Spitfire rips though, man. Yeah, but this, that's the thing. There's heavy, web, heavy ammo everywhere. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, we'll see what it brings. I mean, again, it's it's difficult to say what I'd want it to bring because it's such... A new game. Yeah. I, I don't mean, know. I, I can't think, obviously, if I could think of game improvements, I would be a game developer. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, <laughs> in the way of leaks as well, Apex Game Info on Twitter, coming up with the goods. Yeah. There's a ton of code. However, he has given the caveat that he believes that some of the code may be residual from the development of Titanfall 2. I've got that down. <laughs> yeah, I have it down here. So the fact that they've kind of just probably ported a lot of the lore and stuff in and maybe there are yeah. bits and pieces in there that aren't actually going to make their way into the game. That came from me researching the possibility of rank play. Okay. Um, so they found rank play code, mm-hmm. but um, one of the developers on Reddit from Respawn came in and said, look, brother, I appreciate you looking into this, but that's from Titanfall 2. Like, oh, okay. okay. We don't we don't plan on it coming anytime soon. It's in the works, he said. He was like, I can't say much more than that. Um, but yeah, he straight away said, like, appreciate your enthusiasm, but don't get your hopes up. I like, think like the Twitch rival series and kind of Twitch tournaments, I don't know whether Keemstar is going to do anything with it, but um, I think community-driven tournament modes at the moment are going to be competitive enough. Yeah. I don't think they need to die. I think in the long run, though, I'd love to see a ranked. Mode. Especially with, obviously, Call of Duty World League is happening at the moment. Mm-hmm. Overwatch League is happening at the moment. I think adding another... Comp- and are there are a lot of Fortnite events on at the moment as well, as far as I know. Um, the only thing I know, they've got the World Cup coming yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah, the in the summer. Um, so I think it would be kind of direct competition with them, and I think they want to be kind of more sure of themselves before they would drop something like that. Yeah. Um, sort of direct game items, though. So the inclusions of Titans from Titanfall 2 has been all but confirmed down as far as there's a name of the Titan but it's going to be a separate game mode oh okay perfect from the code that's where it looks like okay this is all from a data miner called the Apex Game Info he works closely with Intel Gaming the website not the computer brand um Just an official body, Intel being like, yo, we're going to get hackers in. <laughs> yeah. Dig us some gold up, son. <laughs> um, yeah, so there's uh, allegedly a Titan called Ion um, that's going to be included in the game. Down as far as they've got kind of health stats and things for him. 
Um, it's going to be an energy weapon based Titan, so just kind of a beam cannon or whatever. Is it going to be dropped like a care package or something? I have no idea. I don't know whether it's going to be something like the Thanos event in Fortnite, where, but that's kind of, I think it's really good that they're going to be moving it to a separate game mode because I think, like Thanos, I think I'm right in saying because we played through the Thanos event. I'm pretty sure when someone picked the glove up, you could track where they were from everywhere. Yeah, they were a, an icon on the yeah, yeah, map. Yeah, so I think, I would imagine it's going to be something like that. Because as far as I've seen, there's potential for the uh, the Titan to have 2,500 health. Excellent. Yeah, which is mad. Yeah, that's insane. That's like 50-something headshots with a wingman with Skull Piercer. So yeah, it's going to be a thing. I think if someone gets in it, it may be like quite a lot of people against one person sort, yeah. of, sort of deal. Or whether it's going to be the case that it's still going to be a squad mode and you have like one pilot and then someone controlling the weapons, that kind of thing, which I think would be quite an interesting mechanic to add to it. But um, yeah, they, they've all but confirmed that Titans are going to be in, included and yeah. that they're going to be a separate game mode. On the topic of new game modes, there's a ton of them as well with code. Again, we don't know how many of these are going to be actually incorporated into the game and how many of them are just residual code from Titanfall 2. But we've got Team Deathmatch. Recruit, Survival, Raid, Free-for-All, Capture the Flag, and a Titanfall 2 physics mode where double jump and wall running will be enabled. So that's like a full multiplayer yeah. setup. Spectrum. Yeah. and That's like COD. Some of those modes are going to involve new maps. I don't know whether the new maps that they've got the names for are just kind of cropped down portions of the current map or whether they have developed entirely new maps for yeah. these modes. Um, I mean, I don't think that's outside the realm of possibility, considering no, sure. how polished this game is at delivery, and it's dropped with no prior warning. Obviously, I think if they did have like a marketing campaign in, in the run-up to the release of the game, the likelihood is they would have included those elements as sales pitches, because if they just marketed being like, this is a new BR, like we said last week, Fortnite, Call of Duty. Yeah. Battlefield or would have jumped on it and been like, yo, forget about that. They would have, <laughs> yeah. would have buried it with all of their money and, you know, nothing would have ever come of it. So, yeah, I, I don't see it being beyond the realm of possibility that they've developed new maps for some of these game modes because things like capture the flag, if you do that in, in the full Apex map, it's going to be mental. <laughs> Imagine trying to run from like... Abitillary. Like, sl- like Slum Lakes down to Skulltown. Yeah. With a flag. <laughs> It's just going to be stupid. Yeah. Um, vehi- it's quite exciting, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Like, that. Um, raid mode is something I'm really looking forward to. So when I think about that, with no prior, with no kind of further information on it, legitimate information at least, um, Escape from Tarkov is the first thing that comes to mind, which I think is a game mode that they could pull off really well. Holy shit, man, that game. So, yeah, I think, you know, spawning into the island and having a kind of constant online community of people kind of pillaging it yeah and then having to find despawn points or kind of uh evacuation uh evacuation yeah yeah yeah. extraction Extraction yeah yeah i think that would be a really interesting and again it's something that no other game other than tarkov that i know of is doing yeah yeah i i actually played i spent money on Escape from Tarkov. I think I spent like 50 quid on it. Fucking hell. Yeah, because I wanted like, there was just, they were giving away like packages and stuff. And um, this was on PC as well, mind. 
like playing it on PC. PC only, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I only played it for a few days, I think, because it, it was just too nerve wracking for me. Like the fact that you go in, you take all your shit, but if you die, you just lose everything. Yeah. Livid. Yeah. I was fuming, bro. Like, and people were just already like so good at it. Um, this is the problem I had with Call of Duty, with the new one, with the multiplayer side of it at least, where it came out while I was on tour last November. Yeah. I think it only came out maybe a week before I came back. But by the time I got home and got on it, there were already people like third prestige, level 25. <laughs> and I was just like getting, fella? getting ripped. Yeah. So you drop in, ICR, no attachments, some guy comes around the corner, grip, four grip two, <laughs> like Stark. Yeah, Stark. Like, like, and yeah. yeah, just getting absolutely tagged up and I was just like, Brilliant. Yeah, I haven't thought about that before. Though Escape from Tarkov, yeah, they're very the the format of the BR is they're the only ones that's doing that yeah. right now. So, but yeah. I just I just think the thing that they share in common is having a massive map, yeah, and loot. Yeah. So I don't, and especially like the, the format kind of fits for me. It's very realistic though. Escape from Tarkov, they've got no HUD, um, but you can just take the HUD out. Yeah, I mean the only thing that would be different is the graphics, and I don't think the that's why some, I don't think it would work in something like Fortnite because the graphics wouldn't lend itself to that environment. I'm not going to be scared yeah. of someone coming at me in a fucking purple unicorn outfit. <laughs> like, you know? But Apex, I wouldn't say it's super unrealistic to kind of drop that sort of no, game. No, yeah. I, I like your idea on that. Yeah, I'd be, I'd be fully up for something like that. Like, um, that sounds good. Vehicles are kind of confirmed. There's a hover bike. It's confirmed three-person vehicle. Floating motorbike. No. I, <laughs> one go. of those hovering bikes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, new grenade types, but I mean, we're expecting kind of new yeah. weapons to drop and things as well. The other thing that I want to talk about with Apex, though, is the impending release of the Battle Pass. Season 1 starts, they've just said in March, but obviously March starts on Friday. I don't know when we're going to get more information on it, but what do you want to see from it? Oh, I haven't really thought about it that much, to be honest. I mean, there's only... I've been too engrossed in the game already. There's there's only so much they can do, Yeah, I feel. It's not like they're going to... It's got to be cosmetic stuff. Yeah, and it's not like they're going to put, like, or if you get the battle pass, you get access to these new game modes. They're not yeah. going to restrict no. it to that degree. If you get a battle pass, only you will have the hover bike. <laughs> <laughs> you can yin-ying around anyone that you, you want to. You get the battle pass, you're going to be the only one to drop in a Titan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Um, um, yeah, I mean, I just expect the standards. The battle pass just means the battle pass now, isn't it? Where you get, you work your way up the ranking, you get more and more cosmetic. They, they don't have emotes or sprays, which is something that like COD and Fortnite lean on quite heavily. Yeah, and even like Overwatch leans on it quite heavily, even though they, obviously they don't have a battle pass. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I, I don't really know what I'd like to see from it. To be honest, like I said, yeah, cosmetic sure, stuff would yeah. be cool. I think they do a really good job of the cosmetics in Apex. Like yeah. some of the, especially like the legendary and the purple ones where they're a bit more animated and a bit more kind of theme based. I don't know whether kind of learning from other ARs because the Call of Duty black market periods, I, I don't know what they call them, whether they're seasons or whatever, but they seem to still go in. I think they're operations, mm. right? Because it was Operation Heist is the new one. Operation Tundra or something like that. The winter one was the previous one. Yeah, yeah. Um, Obviously, Fortnite goes in seasons and they go kind of in themed seasons. So I don't know whether they're going to take that lesson on and they're going to incorporate kind of themed battle passes um, or themed seasons of the battle pass because they've said 
the season's going to last three months. Yeah, that's long. So the battle pass needs to be pretty fucking big. Yeah. But this is somewhere where Call of Duty fell down, where the, the Black Market was originally 200 levels, and it was quite difficult to level up. So I don't think they want to frustrate people to that level. They still want to make it accessible. They still want to make it enjoyable to grind through. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'd be open just to having it cosmetics for now. Um, it gives you something to work towards. And obviously, like, New Legends as well is going to be a big part of it, I think. It's just kind of grinding for those Apex yeah. points to... Yeah, I'm keeping all mine. Haven't bought Caustic or Mirage. I'm already back up to, like, nearly 12,000. Yeah, I'm. I'm on, like... 18 or 19, I think. So I'm going to keep them right where they are and until someone comes out that appeals to me. Although Bloodhound is my guy at the moment, even though I was thinking this the other day, I don't even know if he's a guy. Mm, There's no... He's a low voice, I would say. Yeah. But that's like kind of the only one where you don't really know off the cuff which... Pathfinder. Gender he is. He's not human, bro. How dare you assume his species? <laughs> <laughs> I take it back. I apologize for everyone. Um, so I think, I don't know whether the new legend would possibly be included in the battle pass, whether they would go as far as to be like, okay, you reach level 200, you get this new character. Mm. Again, it would that make depend it unfair on, to other players though. It depends on how balanced you can make. Because I mean, that's, that's like saying, oh, well, having these locked characters initially. Yeah, true. I mean, providing, like we were saying last week, the ultimates and the kind of active and passive abilities aren't game breaking providing they're not like um yeah providing there's nothing that they incorporate whereby it's easier to be aggressive or it's kind of more productive to be aggressive i think providing they don't incorporate anything like that it's not going to deter players too greatly yeah definitely we'll see what happens um i I'm, i i think a new hero would be due soon or new legend yeah yeah um I like the idea of a battle pass to sh- just to keep you feel like you're grinding through something. Yeah, because um, I I really want to see a stats screen introduced. So, to- yeah, the thing that's missing for me is just like wins. Yeah, I don't know how many wins I've got altogether. No, I've got winning kills, which is like nine or ten, and like wins, wins as with a group, full squad. Yeah, which is on like fourteen or something like that. Yeah, and but like a lot of my wins don't come. Like it'll just be me and Cooper. During the day, just grinding. Oh, is it? Yeah. yeah Sorry, cool. Bro, you work. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, yeah, Yo. so it's some sort of stat screen I would like to see implemented. Just as our curiosity. Do I mean, it's always good to yeah. see how you're doing. And especially because, like, obviously kills are tallied per hero. Per legend, yeah. I'd like to see a kind of overall stat screen being like, oh, this is how long you've played for, this is how many games you've played total, this is how many kills you got, this is how many wins you got. How many lives have I taken? <laughs> I want to know. I like caustic. Yeah. Um, I've seen it, I've actually seen a few funny clips this week of people um, utilizing the abilities of okay. each hero. Did you see that one of um, caustic locking a full group into a room using the gas traps? Was it Tim? I've seen Tim do that. No, Tim, Tim the Tapman do that quite a few times. There did was he? A, there was a clip in one of his newest uh, videos on YouTube. Where no, it definitely wasn't Tim. I it was in Bunker. It's like at the bottom of the stairs, the room on the right. Oh, there was yeah. A full, there was a full team in there. Was it Tim? Yeah, he's done it quite a few oh. times in there. Um, uh, was it the one where he gets downed and he still kills all three people because he... No. He gets downed. He, like he's just thrown his grenade into one of the rooms with his three people in there. He backs himself out and shuts the door and then stands against it. <laughs> so they're all just in there dying. And he kills all of them and his teammate arrests him. That's pretty funny. I love to see creative ways. 200 IQ play, bro. Yeah, of using the abilities like that. Um, 
Another one. Have you heard about this Wraith portal exploit and the door? No. I heard about this earlier, right? Don't know how true it is. I haven't used it. I haven't seen anyone do it. Um, but apparently, so if you use your dimensional rift, mm-hmm. which is the main ultimate for Wraith, yep. um, if you portal and then finish your portal in between the door frame, yeah. apparently... If an enemy goes through it, as soon as they come out the other side and hit the door, they die. That's funny. Yeah. Hilarious. I thought I, I thought that was great. Um, I think I want to give it a go one day because I don't know, like I do it all the time as well, but if I see a portal, I'm going through it. I want to, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I'm in. Because I know it's people on the other end. Yeah, exactly. And I'm, yeah. yeah. But um, if I ever did that and then just died to a door. I'd be furious. Yeah, I, I'd be livid. <laughs> But, um, again, I don't know how true it is, but these little exploits now I think are going to start popping up in terms of their abilities. Because I think they're very passively used at the moment. I use my L1 and Bloodhound a lot, though. Um, So the other exploits I've seen at the moment, uh, you can double pump. So uh, this is a PC exploit as far as I know. I would imagine it is possible on a PlayStation. It would just be a lot more difficult. But with a Peacekeeper, if you shoot, hit reload and then swap between your guns. You cancel the animation for the pump, and if you can do it quick enough, on a PC it's a lot easier. Um, like but, Fortnite's double pump. Yeah, you can double your shot speed with a uh, with That's a PC. broke. <laughs> so this is that dude, uh, Mundo Kusai. Yeah. We're also doing it, the new world record holder for solo kills, 36, which is fucking dumb. Yeah, stupid. But yeah, he was talking about that, and he was talking about... Um, like B hopping as well. So if you're using a syringe, if you run and then slide and then hit the syringe animation or the medic anima- animation, whatever, healing, and then just jump and strafe from side to side, you can still move at running speed while healing. No way. And I've tried that on PlayStation. It works on PlayStation as well. Never. Yeah. You look like a dick doing it because you can't <laughs> just bounce up and down as you move forward. At least you're a moving target though. Yeah. And uh, you kind of enass in. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, those are the only two exploits I've seen at the minute. Yeah. The other one I'm, I'm just loving at the minute is what we did the other day where if you've pinged something on a roof and our random third wants to pick it up and you block the door. That was probably one of the best plays I've ever done in my life. I had to do it for Cooper today. Yeah. Where I think I, I pinged a helmet or something and then Cooper was like, oh, I'll run over now. And our third ran up and like was trying to open the door. He didn't know how to do, didn't know you could melee doors. Melee, yeah. So he just kept trying to open the door, open the door, open the door, which was just... Yeah, I was pretty proud of myself after I'd done that. That was great. It's like, I got you, fam. Big fan. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, but I do that sometimes. I ping and I'm like, oh, yeah. shit. Did, I should uh, yeah, have asked you no, first. Like, 100%, I know that we were saying last week how trios really kind of ingrains the ping system, and I think it is a really good thing, but it is super frustrating if... What I also found out earlier as well is that you can mute... <laughs> I love what you're pointing at me. I found this out earlier, right? You can mute pings. So can if we've got a random third and he's just spamming the ping button, you can mute him. Yeah. When we played with that guy the other day and he was just wouldn't shut up. Yeah. Um, I realised what the Overwatch bloke was on about now being spamming like... Spamming it. Too spammy. Especially if there's six of you in there doing that, I'd lose my mind. But this I mean? is the same. So earlier today I was solo queuing on Overwatch and there was a dude that just would not shut up. And I just <laughs> muted him. Because he wasn't doing anything productive, which would be the same as spamming. Like, you're not yeah. doing anything productive, so I just muted him. So... Possible. Like yeah, I said, on, sure. 
Apex, you can just mute pings, which is fucking great. <laughs> like when yeah, I found it, I was, do that. I was like, I just went through options to be like, oh, can I just turn like ping sounds down? Yeah. Went into social, look like at the bottom of his profile, you got a mic and a ping button. I was just like, oh my fuck. Oh, so you can it's specific to the person. Yeah, yeah. You see, Even better. Yes, I mean, Lovely. yeah. So you can just mute the randos ping in. Yeah, it's great. It's like a fella shut up. With yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's it for me for gaming, though. Yeah, this week me too. Um. We'll see what another seven days brings us, but um, a lot happened this week. I mean, in that time period, like I said, we next episode is going to be fourth March. Yeah. So hopefully, we'll have a bit more on this Apex Battle Pass. It's a good time to be a gamer. It is a good right time now. to be a gamer. Christmas in spring. Yeah. Um. So UFC then. Aye. Big big weekend coming up. Two three five. Um, Massive event. Before we do. Get on to that, though. We will briefly discuss Saturday's results. Oh, I didn't even look. Yeah, that's fine. Um, oh, I saw the... We'll just um, talk about the main event, because the rest of them were a bit naff. Um, I know, just quickly, um, Gian Vellante lost, which I'm good about. Big fan of Gian Vellante. Mm-hmm. Um, but the main event was uh, Jan Blackowicz. Sorry, I, can't, I won't be able to say his name properly, so apologies. But um, he fought... Uh, Tiago Santos yeah yeah light heavyweight Santos big old hammer tattoo on his chest <laughs> big boy he's a mean motherfucker um, knocked him out in the first round yeah I saw the mean, result I didn't I haven't watched the fight or anything mean old hook yeah yeah left just dropped him um, he's now asking for the winner of this weekend's fight between Jones and Smith um, which I think is very fair I think yeah. he's been on a tear um, I think Smith has admitted that he doesn't necessarily feel like he like is the primary candidate for a title shot anyway, or a fight with um, fight with Jones. So, yeah, definitely. Um, I think he was kind of lucky to get that um, to get that title shot. Um, but I think Jones liked the fight with him anyway, especially coming off the back of Gustafsson. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to take a massive risk no, straight no. away. Um, so I think. He's probably not seeing past him, but I imagine that he thinks it's a little bit of a safe fight for him. Yeah, definitely. Um, but we'll get on. We'll get on to the main event. We're gonna go bottom to top. Yeah, we'll go bottom to top. Yeah. So um, UFC two three five is this Saturday in Las Vegas, T-Mobile Arena. This card is stacked, man. I yeah. don't even know where to start with it. Obviously, we we'll start from the bottom. Yeah. But even myself, as a casual fight fan, <laughs> there's only one fight on there that I'm not particularly familiar with and that's the female fight yeah which is unfortunate yeah but um i mean that's that's got potential as well um it's tisha torres who is um please correct me if i'm wrong but it's amanda nunez's girlfriend yeah um so training partner um of the beast yeah she of the lioness um so she's fighting uh welly zhang I would imagine that's Wei Lei. Yeah, Wei Lei, Welly. <laughs> oh, Welly Sang, is it? Welly Sang, yeah. What did the Welly sing, bro? Yeah, what did she sing? I was going to say that. Uh, Welly Sang. Um, but you know when Cody Garbrandt is opening the main card. That the rest of it's got to be stacked. Yeah, huge, huge, huge. Um, so yeah, we'll start with the bottom. I think with these UFC events, we will, even the fight night cards, not just the, the pay-per-views, We'll go through the main event, start to finish, a little bit of a game. We'll go through the main cards and we'll pick who we think we're going to win and by what method. 
Um, oh, I didn't put that in my notes. That's fine. <laughs> we're just wing it, bro. I am. We're all good, like. Yeah, but you're a fight fan. <laughs> I'm a casual. Yeah, it's fine, man. Um, we'll then, the, the following week, we'll revisit very quickly. We won't hesitate on it. We'll talk about the fights, obviously. Yeah, yeah. But we'll um, kind of total everything up. I think you'll get one point if you get the, the fighter correct. And you get a big old three points if you get the method of victory correct as well. At the end of every month, we'll just tally them up and see who wins. Yep. A little bit of competition against it, just to kind of keep it a little bit interesting. Um, So, yeah, first fight, Cody Garbrandt and Pedro Munoz. Um, Thoughts? Your boy Cody Mm. coming back. He is. So he was such a huge prospect for a long time. He was an animal. Absolutely, yeah. Got, I think humbled is probably the best word by Dillashaw twice <laughs> in a row. Yeah. yeah. So obviously, went at the first fight, was super like hyper aggressive as he normally is, overstepped his line, got caught, got taken down. They were both first round finishes, right? Um, the first one was in the second round. Okay. He okay. got rocked the at first. the end of the first, but okay, yeah, managed yeah, yeah. to survive. Um, and then just got, yeah, dominated. just got finished. Yeah. Um, um, and then didn't really seem to learn a lot from that. And then went into the second fight with Dillashaw and made pretty much the same mistakes. And that one was a first round, right? Yeah, that was a first I round. I remember watching yeah, that even one. Even worse yeah. than the second fight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so I would like to see him come back having learned a lesson. I mean, I know he's not fighting Dillashaw this time, but yeah. Pedro Munoz, he's been fighting for over a decade. Yeah. Very few losses. Uh, yes, that's right. Um, um, one of them was like a doping controversy, right? It was like um, use of testosterone? Yeah, I think what? he's been caught by side There was no contest for, for yeah. that, right? Um, so yeah, I, I think I'm going to have to go with Garbrandt just because I'd like to think he is still a huge prospect and hopefully he's just learned some lessons from those fights and kind of comes back with a bit more of a, a respectful attitude. Yeah, I think you're spot on. Yeah, I think, I think it will always remain a bit sour for Garbrandt, though, especially because of the history and the rivalry um, with Team Alpha Male and the whole palaver of TJ Dillashaw, 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 Dillashaw snaking his way out of Team Alpha Male to go to uh, Dwayne Ludwig's camp. But I mean, it paid off for him, not necessarily in the last result, mm-hmm. but I think other complications came into place against his loss for the. Uh, flyweight title yeah um so yeah i I, my only worry is i do really like cody as a fighter and i used to like him as a person but since these i know that he's i personally just think that he's a not very nice not a very nice guy do you reckon he went like tried to go down the corner route and just like kind of villainize himself a little bit i think so but i don't think it's rubbed off very well with everyone especially Um, after getting knocked out twice yeah i wanted him to beat dillashaw but now I'm more of a fan of Dillashaw than I am of Garbrandt. Yeah. But just, again, I love the style of Cody's fight and his fight against Dominic Cruz when he won the title was one of the best performances against one of the hardest guys to ever hit yeah. in the division ever. I mean, that will always go down in history for me. Like I can watch that fight over and over and over and over and over again and still be just as hyped the first time I watched it. Like I love him. Fair. Things have kind of not gone his way since, but um, I... Can't look past Pedro Munoz either. He just beat Brian Caraway, who was, you might know him from being in a relationship with Misha Tate. 
I Why didn't not? go to that. No. Um, oh, my, my mate Misha. <laughs> my mate, like, yeah. uh, obviously she's very well known. Um, but the fight before that, he beat um, Brett Johns. Did mm. see that. Local to us. Aye. Um, from Chris Reese Academy. I think that was Brett's like second loss in a row, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. No, that was his third one. That was his most recent one. He hasn't fought since then. So I think that was Brett's like second or third loss in a row. Um, so it's not an easy fight for sure. And I think after losing twice to Dillashaw, I don't know what kind of a mental position he's in either. Like I said, I think coming off the back of the first one, I think he, he like Garbrandt was just under the impression that he made a silly mistake that he, if he, you know, if he could run it again immediately, he wouldn't make the mistake and then came back in, made exactly the same mistake. Worse, like we said, second time round than first time round. I would yeah. like to think coming back into this, he's going to come back in with a bit more respect for who he's facing. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, I would like to think that, whether that's the case or not, don't know. Comparing but, the two fighters of Dillashaw and Pedro Munoz, you're talking different leagues there. Oh yeah, absolutely. Sure. Like Dillashaw is End one of the baddest above. men on the planet. End of. Like that's, he is ridiculous. So yeah, I think I'm going to go Garbrandt and I'm going to agree with you. How do you think he's going to win it? I reckon TKO. Yeah. And I reckon second round. We'll go. We'll we'll pick a round for fun, but I don't think that will. Yeah, no, that won't play in the point nothing, system. Nothing specific. Yeah, we'll just we'll do but that I reckon, for. I reckon TKO for gloating reasons. Um, I agree. I, I'm going to go Garbrandt, um, and I'm going to go decision. Okay. Because just because I don't think he's going to go as aggressive as he did as he was. Yeah. Okay. Fair. But it wouldn't. I can I can see the rationale of that. Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to go decision on that. Um, but I'm excited for that fight, man. And that had to be opening the yeah the, yeah, opening, the main card. Silly, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, Tishu Torres and Wei Zhang. I don't know a huge lot about no. These so this two. is this is more of a kind of Google jobby for me. So what I do know is that Torres has only had one fight that didn't go the distance. One professional UFC fight that didn't yeah. go the distance. Versus Zhang, who has a long history of both submitting and striking finishes yeah so on that basis alone i'm gonna go for waylay cool and again i reckon by tko because i think more of the finishes are striking finishes she has some submission finishes but i think striking seems to be more prevalent for her yeah i mean tasha's got some really good notable wins um especially against the karate hearty michelle waterston that's no easy feat um, but she has lost twice since then to jessica andrade and joanna I mean, going up against Yuana again, no easy feat. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think I, I agree with you. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Zhang by submission. Google's doing its work today, isn't it? Yeah, I've done my, I told you wrong. <laughs> Coming in with research, <laughs> <laughs> with the heat. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, I don't know much more. Um, no, on those I, two. like like I said, that was a Google job for me. I wouldn't kind of be able to talk any further in depth about that. Yeah. So you're going. Willie Zhang. Willie Zhang, TKO. TKO. I'm going to go to submission. Okay, cool. Next one, very interesting. Right, I've been waiting for this for a long, long, long time. This was... No, no, no. This wasn't the one that was rescheduled, was it? No. This is Ben Askren's first fight in UFC. Yeah, okay. Oh, no, so it's the, it's the next fight, I think, that was rescheduled. Um. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a whole palaver going on with that. Um. But yeah, Ben Askren, 18 and 0. Um, he was the guy who came over from one championship in the trade for Mighty Mouse. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. <clears throat> so Mighty Mouse left, went to one championship. It was kind of like the first 
deal ever made in the history of the combat two, sports. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he's just been stirring pots up since, since on, he got in. Yeah, on social media. Like, again, he's 18 and 0. He was champion there. He's never lost. He's got one no contest, which is notable. Um, but, yeah, he's just been winding everyone up, man. He's an absolute devil on Twitter. I suppose you've got it, though. Yeah, he's just like, anyone wants to just come at me, like, do you know what I mean? I'll, like, I think I'll go into this a little bit more with the kind of GSP side of things yeah. when we get onto him a bit later, but... Yeah, we'll touch on all the news after. Yeah, but the kind of, like, the idea of branding yourself and making a persona for yourself is so important yeah. in the modern kind of daily game. Especially when you're an already established fighter entering the UFC yeah, rather yeah. than making your way through the ranks. Like... Again, Robbie Lawler is, again, one of my favourite fighters ever. And I'm really happy to see him come back. Um, off, thinking off the forefront of my mind, I don't really know how this fight is going to go. Um, because Ben Ashkin's a really well-polished wrestler. Um, he's won loads of yeah, yeah. competitions, awards was for his wrestling. Was he a previous Olympic athlete? I don't think he was a, an Olympian. No, I'm pretty sure he was. He was, was he? Yeah. Yeah. I'll have to... Yeah, well, yeah, cool. Yeah. He is. Um, <laughs> yeah, all right then. <laughs> yeah, nice. Um, Good on him, man. <laughs> he can wrestle me if he wants. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm... Obviously, Lawler hasn't competed since 2017, tore his ACL. Yeah. Coming back, claiming, in his words, he's a beast again. But again, is this just a case of someone talking a big game? Obviously, you're not going to come back 18 months kind of uh, hiatus, whatever you want to call it, injury recovery, come back and be like, do you know what? I'm still feeling a bit dodgy, but I'm going to give it my best. <laughs> yeah. No. You know, you're not going to come back in and, and kind of give it the small talk. Like, you're my knee's come... a bit fucked, but yeah. let's go. Like... Yeah, you're not going to come back and say, this is going to be, you know, tell you what, boys, if you want to nip off for a pint while this fight's on, <laughs> yeah. Wheeler's going to be sick. I know this one's <laughs> going to be great in the next fight. But at this one, bit lukewarm. Like, you're going to come back and you're going to say, I'm the best I've ever been. You know, this is the fittest I've ever been. We've seen loads of fighters do it. And then they come in and just... It, doesn't come to fruition. Yeah, exactly. Um, like Cain Velasquez like, the other week. Uh, Jana Kunitskaya, when she came in and fought Cyborg, obviously she came in from an outside organization, hired him because obviously they just needed people to fight Cyborg at the time. Yeah. And came in, giving it the big end, being like, yeah, I know she's a tough opponent, but I'm going to beat her and just got fucking leveled. Yeah, just got wrecked. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, um, so yeah, I don't know whether there is a case of that, but based on their histories, I think Askren's got a great standing and ground game. Yeah. He's a great striker, like you said, great wrestler. So I'm going to have to give it to him. Yeah, obviously styles do make matchups, as they say. Um, so, But I think ultimately it's going to end up on the ground at some point. Ben Askren's not going to keep it standing um, because Lawler's an established striker. Um, obviously his fight with Rory McDonald will go down in history as one yeah. of the best fights ever. Um, so yeah, I think Askren's going to take it down and I think he's going to submit him. Second round. Okay. I, I'm i not sure. I'm not going to judge in a round, but I'll go with Askren by submission as well. Yeah. Also, on a separate note, this was a rematch from a cancelled event. It was, was it? This was from the 233, which got completely cancelled. Why did that get cancelled? I can't remember that. Neither can I, but Google jobby. <laughs> there's a whole <laughs> there's a whole thing on it. But nice. Yeah. Another interesting thing about Ben Askren is, obviously, they're competing at welterweight, and he is best mates with Tyron Woodley. Yeah. Like, they're training partners. Mm -hmm. He's gone on record and said that he will never, ever, ever fight Tyron Woodley. No. Even just for the title, not doing it. Straight up. So if he does... 
beat Lawler and wants to work his way up, he's going to have to wait for someone to beat Woodley. Yeah. And Woodley's been title holder now for like three years. Do you think it's going to be Usman? Moving on to the next yeah, fight. Yeah, moving on to the next fight. Um, yeah, I think it's time. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. I'm just not really a big Woodley fan, to be honest, man. That's different though, isn't it? Yeah. That's like someone saying I'm just, I'm just being biased against him because I've always wanted him to lose. Yeah. Um, I just think he's boring. Um, I mean... You can't... Obviously, I'm not taking anything away from him. He's a solid fighter. Best, best takedown defense percentage in UFC history. Yeah. It's not very fun to watch, though. <laughs> <laughs> but this is, goes back to what we were saying about Overwatch. You've got to balance out entertainment value versus I want to win as much as I possibly can. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Um... I mean, his fights against Wonderboy were pretty interesting, and I think Wonderboy was lucky to get the second shot straight after mm-hmm. after they had that uh, draw. But obviously, since then, Woodley has fought Damian Meyer, beat him, which is one of the best jiu-jitsu grapplers in the world. Mm-hmm. And he gave Darren Till his first loss. Can't take that away from him at no, all. No, no. Darren Till's an absolute animal. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting, uh, but I think I just think that Ousman... Um, Ousman? Usman. Who's man is he? then? Especially, I remember him from Ultimate Fighter. Yeah. I watched the um, the series that he was in. And since then, he's just gone on an absolute tear. He hasn't um, lost in a few years, right? No, he's got his one loss, which wasn't in the UFC promotion. Um, it was back in 2013, so he hasn't lost in six years. Yeah. Jesus. Um, Okay. And since then, he's fought um, Hayden Hassan, who was also in the Ultimate Fighter. Um, he's got wins over Damian Meyer, RDA, Sean Strickland, um, Leon Edwards, who's also doing really well now. Um, I know that um, Usman's gone on record as well in regards to Woodley and said that he feels like GSP robbed him of like a a passing of the torch sort of uh, opportunity. Yeah. And said that like... Again, I know we're going to go into a bit further depth on GSP a bit later, but there should have been a kind of the sort of uh, BJ Penn versus Ryan Hall kind of fight. Mm. We've got like the notable, considered master of his kind of craft, top of his game, versus a new up and coming like the new school. Obviously, most when was that? Two, three, two. Yeah, was that fight in January? Yeah, I think so. And obviously, Ryan Hall came in and submitted yeah. pen in the most horrific fashion unbelievable um it's just over it's just like yeah he's got his back oh he's got his knee oh, oh that's it <laughs> yeah and but yeah so I, I think that would have been a kind of a good opportunity but i mean obviously that's kind of down to gsp and how he wants to kind of curate his legacy per se if he didn't want that fight then that's kind of obviously completely up to him but um i've gone with woodley yeah yeah by what I'm going to go, I reckon it's going to go the distance. I'm going to go decision. I know it's a bit of a Five cop round. out. Yeah. I reckon. Because they, they're just like, it'll either... It's such a safe fight. I'm yeah, out. it'll either be, like you said, because I can't see it going to ground. Or if it does, it's going to be Woodley taking it to the ground, but he's obviously not massively notable for that. And then, other than that, like I said, I, I don't think it's going to be, it's either going to go one way and be incredibly explosive or it's going to go the other way and just not, and he'll just kind of coast the distance and he'll just sort of defend himself. Yeah. I'm going to go the other way. Okay. I'm going Kamaru, TKO. Ooh. Yeah, I reckon he's going to catch him. Okay. Um, 
I think he's. Either, I think Woodley might go in for the takedown, and Usman's going to catch him on the way, um, or something like that. But yeah, I think Usman is. He's on an absolute mission, man. Um, obviously, there's the whole controversy around what's his face, who just won the in- interim belt, the Trump supporter, mm. Colby Covington. Colby Covington. So yeah, there was a whole con- controversy about Colby Covington defeating RDA for the interim title. Yeah. And obviously, once that happens, you've got to unify it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, there's no going around that, but Usman's fully just jumped over him. He's like, screw you and your belt. Um, and they've gone in straight in for the main undisputed welterweight title. Yeah. So, I don't know, the, the division just seems it's a bit all over the place up in the air yeah, yeah right now but I think it's Usman's time I think he's going to take it okay fair and then on to the main event the main event of the evening John Jones right. Anthony Smith yeah what are your thoughts on this one um again Smith's 3-0 in his last three fights he's a great competitor but steroid usage or alleged steroid usage aside, yeah, Jones is the best to ever do it's it. The pictograms, bro, <laughs> bro, it's like a millionth of grain of sand, all right. But yeah, it doesn't matter, man. It doesn't matter. It's just resurgence from a previous use. It's not fresh usage. <laughs> the USD's got it wrong. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm really fed up of seeing his face. That's not the same as thinking he's not going to win, though. No, oh, I think di- he's going to win. He's a dickhead, but. Yeah. I- I can't see him losing. No, I think he's going to win. The whole thing with John Jones is that he is too much of a moneymaker for the UFC to correctly punish him and what he's done. Absolutely. Um, Evidenced by the fact that they opted to move an entire event at a week's notice. To the other side of the country. It wasn't the other side. It was nine hours away, but less than that, actually. It's not down the road, though. It was, it? It was Las Vegas to LA. LA, yeah. 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 Yeah, um, um, uh, yeah, it's not like moving it from Cardiff to Newport, like, but it's... Yeah. <laughs> Do you mind just popping over, boys? It's only, it's only 13 miles away, like. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, obviously they uprooted an entire event, downsized it, kind of disenfranchised an enormous number of UFC fans just for the sake of letting him have a fight. So, yeah, he's the UFC darling. Yeah, for sure. He's like another McGregor, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Just they'll do whatever well, like he said, says. It's just a, like, just the villain type... Easy to kind of market. His name will just sell a PPV. So I mean, like just plaster on there and you're good to go. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to see him not winning this. Um, I think he's going to finish him. I I thought if anyone, if anyone's in the right position to beat him right now, it was Gustafsson. Yeah. Um, and it didn't happen. Yeah, just didn't, didn't, didn't happen. Um, obviously, it didn't happen on the night. So. No. Yeah, I mean, it's it's good to see Gustafsson get straight because he had a long layoff as well obviously Anthony Smith has been very active though so I think that's in his favour yeah is just due to how active he's been he's been beating these people left right and centre he's going to be ready to go do you know what I mean and, and again it's, it sounds like he's humble in saying I don't necessarily deserve this but I'm going to go for it yeah so yeah, I reckon absolutely. he's I'm... really going to take that opportunity to him I don't think it's going to be an easy fight at all it's not one of those things where there's like no expectations on him you're going into that fight, Jones is expected to win that. Yeah. So, pressure's off. 
like I said, he knows he's lucky to get that place. Maybe there's an outside chance, but yeah, realistically, I think Jones is gonna gonna take it. Yeah, I mean, Anthony Smith's last three, like I said, he he beat them with good fashion, of course. Um, all finishes. The he, I remember that need that he did to Rashad Evans, um, pretty much retired him. Which I remember that being like a minute into the first round, mm-hmm. and just sparked him clean out. He then beat uh, Shogun Rua, which is an insane. Like another legend. That's that's a name that I can't hear anymore because of that UFC demo where that was all you you could either play, Rua or Chuck Liddell, was it? Yeah, I just hate, I can't hear either of the names now. <laughs> I just so I played that to death and I overheard them. Yeah, I just can't listen to it. <laughs> and then he just beat Volkan um, in October, so that was only like what five months ago. Yeah, they're not easy feats by any. It's not no, like no. he's fighting kind of BC list fighters. You know, he's going. Having good fights, yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. John but. Jones is going to fight his fight, though. He's going to keep his distance. He's going to use his kicks to keep him away. He's not going to let him get in the pocket whatsoever, and he's just going to keep picking him off. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I think eventually is it's going to be too much for Smith. Unfortunately, he's going to put up a fight because I know he can take a punch for he's got sure. A chin. Yeah, he's got a one hell of a chill on him. A chill. <laughs> he's got one good chin on him. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to be too overwhelming after a while yeah yeah and absolutely yeah it's gonna be john jones tko okay fair yeah i, w- I would go with that i think it's a sensible yeah. decision but i am very very excited about this card huge card um, yeah so definitely be up uh, saturday night to watch the whole thing unfold and hopefully i'm right and you're not i mean most of them we've gone for the same person <laughs> yeah <laughs> but the ones we haven't i want to win um and we've mentioned him a few times, but other big MMA news in the last kind of week, 10 days or so, is the retirement of GSP. Yeah. A legend passing. Yeah. Very well, sad news. I, I say that like he's died. He yeah, hasn't, he hasn't just, died. No. <laughs> <laughs> just took a step back. <laughs> I think it's the right decision, though. Um, there was obviously that rumor going around of him and Khabib. In autumn. That's yeah. what he wanted to buy out They both of. wanted it. Um, um Dana said no, right? Yeah, the UFC said um, obviously they can't. They don't want to invest in people that will just pick and choose fights. They want someone who's going to be coming back, yeah, and they fair. can, you know, market them properly with up yeah, and coming yeah, yeah. fights after it. But saying that though, if it is going to be like, if he knows that's going to be his final fight, like if he's prepared to step out now, that's such a huge market opportunity. Yeah, could be first. Could be first fight since Connor, right? Yeah, and they're, they're both still suspended right now. Oh, true. Yeah. yeah. And obviously GSP's final fight, that would be massive. GSP is still responsible for the second biggest UFC attendance of all time. That's it's a hometown fight in Toronto, I think. Yeah, well, he's French, Canadian, Quebec, wouldn't he? Um, whatever. Maybe Quebec, yeah. Canada. <laughs> Who was that against? Matthews? Uh, I think so, yeah. Yeah. It was his first headlining fight. First yeah, fight. I think that was the... Um, in, in Canada, not GSP ever, Hughes but. too, because... He lost the first one against Matt Hughes. That's and one of his two losses. I know UFC was illegal, or MMA was illegal, rather, professional MMA, in Canada um, for quite a while after GSP became professional. Wow, imagine that. That being still illegal now. Well, it was only recently they could do it in New York. So yeah, yeah. Mad. Um, but yeah, inarguably a legend. Oh, without a doubt. One of the main reasons why mixed martial arts has got to where it yeah. is. One of the best... Without GSP, there wouldn't be a McGregor. No, 100%. But that's an interesting comparison because 
all GSP was ever interested in was fighting. Yeah. Had absolutely no time for the the media circus. No. Just wanted to get in, fight his fight, get out. Yeah. And, and he was bloody good at it. In the end, yeah, he was, absolutely. But ultimately, I don't think that worked in his favour. No? No. Because he's got to a point now, like I said, he got to the top and just coasted. Not co- he didn't get complacent or anything. He still, like I said, was at the top of his game, got in and went on an absolute streak. Yeah. But not branding himself in the way that Connor did, not marketing himself in that way, not making a persona for himself, it just means that he hasn't solidified a legacy outside of the yeah. organization. He wasn't anyway. a brand. Yeah. His name wasn't So Conor McGregor, I could say Conor McGregor's my parents and they would know who I'm on about. Yeah, for but sure. But I say George St. Pierre, they're going to be like, who? Is that your new mate, is it? Pastry chef, like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's he's definitely not known by enough people still And I think to this day. for the caliber of fighter he was, if he could have just incorporated that element into his career, mm. he would have been so much bigger than he is. Yeah. I mean, I remember like the reason why I'm such a big MMA fan was my dad... Um, I used to watch with my dad when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, I first started watching it when it was it was when GSP was coming round, like with BJ Penn, Matt Hughes, Chad Liddell, Tito Ortiz, Randy Couture, all these huge names that are now pioneers in the sport. Um, so, well, I, his UFC debut was in 2004. Yeah, and that is 15 years ago. Yeah, so bloody hell, man, that's 15 yeah, years of so- fighting. And, and he stuck it out twice. Yeah, other than BJ Penn, obviously stuck it out considerably longer than most of the other big names of his era. Yeah. I think he's doing the right thing. Though. He's 37. Oh, yeah, stepping back, like 100%. He um, doesn't want to be like a BJ Penn where he's going out and just getting... Battered. Embarrassed. Yeah. Which... And with... Um, <laughs> well, I, what were you saying about Dana? Where you were saying that, like, he, they, like the UFC don't want to invest in fighters who are just picking and choosing when they want to be involved. Similar, I suppose, to like The Rock with like WWE, who just appears once every 18 months to be like, yeah, I'm still the biggest in the world, and then just disappearing and going and starring in some films and stuff. (laughs) Um, Oh, yeah, just small films. like (laughs) (laughs) Some B movies. Yeah, yeah, I can can appreciate the UFC's stance on that, but at the same time, I can appreciate GSP's stance on it being like, well, I just don't want to fight losers. Like yeah. you know, I've already I've already proven myself. Fifteen years I've proven myself. I don't want to just be coming back and having to climb the ladder at, like over and over again. If I'm coming back, I know that I'm worth it. I want to fight the best. Yeah, so, for sure. Yeah, I think him saying to the UFC or to Dana or whoever and being like, "Look, this is the person I want to fight. This is when I want to fight them." They've said no, and he should be like, "All right then." Mm. Like, if if he was any less certain of himself, he would have just come back and been like, "Oh well." okay, well, maybe can we do something else? You know, he's just been like, all right, well, if you're not going to let me do that, I'm just going to fuck off. Yeah, for sure. Like, I completely get it. Yeah, for sure. I can see it from both points of view, though, because I think I think the UFC will have much bigger plans for Khabib upon his return as well. But I think that GSP has done enough for USP to say, thanks for all you've done. Here's a shot at Khabib. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Final, like final said, fight, a, like a, let's go. Like. As a bow out, absolutely. Yeah. And that would be fucking huge. So... I mean, I can see it from both a point of view, but if I was GSP, I'd be real pissed that they. I I I wouldn't. I don't know whether I would necessarily say it would be as big as Khabib Connor, but no. it would definitely be close. Oh yeah, especially like I said, if it's marketed as GSP's final fight, it's going to be all or nothing. That would be huge. Who would win? 
you just don't know in this sport, do you? No, that's the thing. And like, especially when you get to that level where they're so closely matched. Yeah. Like with the um, the BJ Penn Ryan Hall fight, I think we were watching it right. And yeah, yeah. Before the fight, both of us were just like, you know, BJ Penn is not been on top of his game. I know that he's like, like an incredible legacy, but Ryan Hall's come in and he just looks unbeatable. First round submission. And I think we both called it. I wouldn't like to call that fight. No. I wouldn't like to call it, but I don't think anyone's beating Khabib anytime soon. Not even GSP. But I would be very sad to see him lose it as well. I would want GSP to win. Yeah. But absolutely. I can't see him doing it. Like Khabib is just another animal. Yeah. Like, fair. You saw him against Khabib. The the <laughs> Khabib against Khabib. I saw him against Connor, Connor. sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, the the person who's put up most of a fight against him is Raging Al yeah. and that's if if before that happened you someone looked at said, the lightweight yeah, division someone said that to me he'd be bottom yeah so if I mean, someone said he's, oh yeah he's a he's a estate agent yeah he sells houses 9 to 5 Monday to Friday but do you think again that was an instance of Khabib just being like oh the eldest joker I'm not going to take him seriously and like seriously underestimating him or do you think they he would have gone into that fight being like I'm going to fight this like I'm fighting Connor? Yeah, I well, it was a day before. Yeah, like oh no, it got changed out a few times, didn't it? Yeah, yeah, the because there was uh, Holloway wanted to go Holloway, up, yeah, yeah, fight him, um, but was it medical? Yeah, teams? medical grounds. Yeah, yeah. They stopped him doing it. So rage, I was like, yeah, let me just put my book down. <laughs> let me take my tie off. This, I'm gonna fucking get it. I'm like. gonna sling my iPad in my BMW <laughs> One Series. <laughs> yeah, and I'll steady get off the phone to Thorn. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I think Khabib underestimated him. And didn't have the right game plan for him because I Khabib just he he was very relaxed against him, but Rajanal discovered holes in his game that no one else has discovered before. Yeah, fair. and no one's been able to utilize that since. I thought Connor of all people would have been able to watch that fight yeah. and be like, right, sick. Yeah, that's I know exactly what I'm doing, but again, just just too much. But back to GSP, I think yeah, I think it wouldn't be over in a matter of oh yeah, it's not going to be a first round knockout. Right? No, 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 no. no. Um, but yeah, Khabib just would just get him down. He'd do that thing, wrap his legs around his legs, and he wouldn't be able to move. Wouldn't let him up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But I would love to have seen it. Like that would have been the biggest bow out for GSP. Absolutely, and like you said, it's like kind of that passing the torch mentality yeah. as well. But retirement's a good idea. There's nothing worse than putting a dent in your legacy by yeah. continuing to do it. Like this whole Chuck Liddell and Tito Ortiz thing when they fought. Yeah, recently, stupid. like. Just give it up, boys. Yeah, just stop it. Yeah. Like, you're 45. <laughs> like, mow your lawn or something. Do you know what I mean? Like, get, a, you know, get a real job. Yeah, you're not meant to be doing this shit. Like. Make another Expendables. Like. Yeah, but it's just a shame to see, like, although Tito won, both of them didn't fight to 10% of the, the standard, standard that, that they used to. Yeah. No. And it's just embarrassing for everyone to watch. Like, yeah. it, was, it was a whole fast. So I'm glad that GSP's being like, right, this it now. I, you know, he beat Bispin last time, still proved his point. And he's like, See you later, boys. Yeah, I'm yeah. Out. Mic drop. Yeah, exactly. I'm out with this bitch. So. Um, briefly, a little bit of GSP trivia. Uh, <laughs> right. Can you name the Marvel movie that he featured in? Uh, is it Captain America? Which one? Ultron. That's the Avengers. <laughs> That's not even Captain America. Shows how much I know about my Marvel films. I've never seen him. I know he's in one of the Captain Americas, though. Captain America 2, Winter Soldier. Yeah. He plays some French assassin, 
Didn't yeah, he, he plays the villain, doesn't he? Not the main villain. He plays like a, a bodyguard or assassin hired by the Winter Soldier to just fuck him up. I'm so glad I got that. I got my phone in my hand, but I didn't, didn't have it up. Didn't Google it, to be no, fair. I didn't. I, my eye was on you. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's funny, though. I'd love to see him become an actor now. He, so he's done, I think, I was looking that up, and like he, he's done like four or five, and he's had like minor roles in bits and pieces. Like nothing. I can see him going into something like The Expendables 4, though, if they reboot that. Oh, yeah. I can see him yeah, totally for sure. Just taking the money. Like yeah. just wo- actually no. Saying in between that, though, Arnie and Sylvester, like everything we've said about him not wanting to buy into that media circus, the entertainment world. Actually, I can't see him doing anything like that. Yeah, that's fair. But uh, at the same time, he did it for Marvel. So yeah. I think if anyone waved enough money at him, he'd just be like, "Yeah, go on then. What have I got to do? Beat someone up? I've been doing that for the last twenty years, bro. <laughs> yeah. Where do I sign, bro? Yeah. <laughs> what um, am I going to do? Arm wrestle Arnie? Give me a pen. <laughs> yeah. The well, again, not taken away from his legacy because he's beaten the best of the best. Mm-hmm. He is responsible, though, for my favorite upset of all time, and was known as the greatest MMA upset of all time when he lost his title against Matt Sarah. Okay, yeah. I don't know if you can remember that. This is a long this, time ago. Yeah, this was a long time ago. Uh, I think this was. Obviously, I've only had like an interest in MMA in the last probably since you've moved to Cardiff, since we could actually like watch it. Yeah. Um, did we ever watch anything at your first house? I don't think I did. No. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, we had it on, but yeah, I think it's only since you've moved to your, to your new place that yeah. we've kind of had like watch parties, sort of thing. Um, so that's when I took more of a an interest in it. Obviously, initially for me, it was more of a, just a social thing that it was just nice to hang out with the boys, like <laughs> yeah, for sure, have a pizza. Um, and then I kind of just gradually from Rolled watching it. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so, but I think, like you said, that sort of initial era with Chuck Liddell, with GSP, was when MMA first became super notable. It's the same with like um, alternative music, where like the Manson, initial Manson era, where it was gotten news coverage for being what it is, where the media were trying to put their own spin on it. I think that when that initial era of GSP, Liddell, that kind of, group of uh of fighters were first rising to prominence was when i kind of first caught wind of it yeah for sure um so i probably would have passively seen yeah so matt sarah um he's recently been inducted to the hall of fame and one of my favorite people in the world he's one of, he's the host of the ufc podcast with okay. jim norton it's funny as hell proper new yorker like retired um but yeah he matt sarah was on one of the first ultimate fighter seasons like two one or two um but it was pretty much given people who had already been in the ufc a final chance and the winner of it just gets a title shot of gsp like these we're talking about the lowest of the low few losses yeah yeah um matt sarah ended up winning it straight in main event gsp knocked him out in the first round and everyone could not believe their eyes like couldn't believe it I mean, I remember seeing that and being like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, this is legit. Yeah. But since that day, I've just loved Matt Sarah, man. He's class. But you got to win back. They fought again and GSP did his thing. Do you know what I mean? Okay. So, but it is gra- it is known as the biggest upset in MMA history. So, again, that being another part of GSP's legacy, I, I, I suppose you could call it as a negative. Because like, when I think of GSP, that springs to mind. Um... That comes to my mind. Yeah, but I, I suppose you've got to consider that 
that just kind of gives him a human quality. Because I think, yeah. it, like, if Cyborg, for example, had continued on the trajectory that people thought she was going to before she met Nunez, I think that although obviously it would have been incredibly impressive, it would have just been like, oh, yeah, but she's a kind of, she's an outlier. She's an anomaly. Like, we're just going to focus on the other fighters who have proven they've got human qualities and can actually lose or at least come close to losing. Yeah. So I, I know what you mean, but at the same time, it kind of quantifies him as being human. And yeah. being like, yeah, although he has for the last 11 years or whatever, however long it's been since someone gave him a loss since then. It was then 2007. Yeah. 12 years. So although since then, top of his game, like I said, just got to the top and just quietly coasted. Mm. It does kind of give him a sort of... And obviously, it, like, he had a grind to get the UFC. Like, if you look into his history, it wasn't like he was a born fighter that he, like, loved. You know, he was, like, indoctrinated into it at a young age and brought up... Like, he, I think his first love was chess, I remember seeing somewhere. And it was just... It was the kind of the rigor of routine that he loved yeah. rather than actually what he was doing. It was just the fact that he loved having, like, such a strict, like, regime to practice with. Yeah. And um, he kind of, like, fell into fighting when Gracie was rising to prominence. Um, and it was because he brought this style in with him where it was more kind of based on the routine of practice and yeah. how strict it was. And that's how he fell in love with it. And that's kind of what really got him into it. But yeah, yeah, it's not like he was like a, a born fighter and he was kind of, you know, like the Khabib character where he was like grew up in the woods fighting bears and shit. And <laughs> yeah. you know, like bit of a different background. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And like, <laughs> You know, he was born to do this. He came and he dominated and he left. There's nothing like that. It's just that he's had his struggles. Like you said, he got up, got into the UFC, proved his point, had a big loss. And then since then, went away and was like, right, I'm going to re-prepare. I'm going to practice harder. I'm going to get better. Did it. Rose to the top again. Stayed there for ages. And then was like, oh, I'm, I'm off. Yeah. If you're not going to give me what I want anymore, I'm off. Yeah. Reasonable decision. Yeah. Yeah. So sad to see him go, but um, reasonable decision, I think. Um Whilst we're on the news, very quickly, from the UFC brawl between Khabib and Connor, obviously they've been served yeah, their yeah, suspensions yeah. and all that. Dylan Dennis, you know Dylan Dennis, who's on McGregor's team. He's just had his first fight, professional fight. Um, you know him. You see him tattooed. Yeah. Oh. Looks, looks like a bit of an idiot. Um, That's all of them, bro. Yeah, true. <laughs> he got fined seven and a half grand, which he's got off lightly compared yeah. to everyone. For seven month suspension, which is almost as bad as the two main culprits um, so the ratio is quite off i think i mean i suppose they have to send a strong message and like bankrupting their own fighters yeah it's just silly there's, yeah, there's sure. no point like it's that's the severest um punishment as far as i'm concerned you want to be a you want to be the best in like in your industry you want to be a pro fighter you want to be in the limelight tough shit yeah Sit on the bench. Yeah, for sure. Watch for the next seven months. That's going to wind you up to no end. Yeah. Same Compared as, to just a yeah. bit of money. Like. Yeah, exactly. Because if you, especially if you're in Connor's camp, he's just going to write you a check. If you're like, oh, you've got a 50 grand fine, Connor's going to be like, all right, cool. I just made £500,000 this month off my shit whiskey. <laughs> yeah. Here we are. Here's a loan. Get in there. <laughs> yeah. Make it back. Go, like, yeah. yeah, that's fair. Um, hoping to see McGregor Cowboy. Yeah. Cerrone. I don't know what's going to happen with Khabib. Well, the other, the only the last thing I wanted to touch on was the announcement of the lightweight interim fight. Yeah. Of Max Holloway going up mm-hmm. to fight the diamond, Dustin Poirier. <laughs> the diamond. Yeah, the diamond. Um, 
UFC 236. So that's the next pay-per-view, April the 13th. It's the first card in the history of the UFC to have two interim title fights on it. Is it? Yeah. And the other one, I don't know if you can recall last week, I said after Adesanya beat Silva yeah, yeah. and Wiseka got pulled out, I said, I want to see Adesanya, Gastelum, interim fight whilst Whittaker's yeah, off gallivanting or fast whatever he's doing. Yeah. Um, we had a surgery. Sorry, bro. Get, get well soon. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's, uh, while he's off fast <laughs> in, yeah. in hospital under the knife. <laughs> yeah, not the sound ash or anything. But um, he's had a long history of pulling out yeah, and yeah. it's getting a bit annoying. Um, so yeah, that's also happening on the same card. Can't wait for that. I love both Holloway and Poirier. Um, obviously, Holloway's had a bit of a trouble recently with health issues and mental conditions. Yeah, and, yeah. But I think he's back to well. I mean, his performance against Ortega was I great. Think solidified, if anything, that he is perfectly fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's all right. Like, um, so yeah, that's on uh, April thirteenth. But we'll see how Saturday goes. That'll be the last episode we record before I go away for the final Casey tour. Um, I have one final quick segment I want to do called The Future Freaks Me Out. I love it. Just about a bit of tech news. So last week, Nike released the newest in their innovations of sneakers, uh, the Nike Adapt BBs. They are the first to feature the Electric Adaptable Reaction Lacing System, or EARL. Back to the future, man. Yeah. Well, it's from the, when they released the mag trainers yeah. from Back to the Future. That was, that was like two, two years ago? Yeah, yeah. Um, they were obviously more of a novelty item. Now they kind of patented it and bringing it to the mass market, being like, actually, yeah, this is the future of trainers. Um, they also feature some like cosmetic lighting and things. They're wirelessly chargeable. So I, d- I actually don't know whether the charging mat comes with the sneakers, but they're like 330 quid. Mm. So I would like to think it does, <laughs> yeah. but it is Nike, so they probably don't. Um, so you just get home, take your shoes off, stick them on this mat, they charge up, you stick them on in the morning. Obviously, the cool thing about them is that this Earl system, they're supposed to lace themselves up using an app. So they I love what you said supposed to. This is not going where I think it's going. <laughs> no. So they um, kind of mold to your feet. Um, this is like a number of motors and things. <laughs> Can't take the- them off. <laughs> well, that's that's the it. Point. <laughs> that's the point. You're supposed to stick them on. Like, obviously, touch that and be like, yo, tighten my shoes for me, which is kind of, I think... In the long run, they're looking to bypass that part of the process where you just stick your shoes on your shoes, know that it's you, they tighten, they do themselves up, that kind of thing. But at the time being, you've got an app to do it for you. The problem is the app. Okay. Where you're buying these 330 quid trainers, and if you're an Android user, the app is bricking the shoes. And by bricking, <laughs> I mean permanently disabling the shoes. <laughs> or at least one of them. So a number of Android users have reported that... Oh. Um, it's normally the left shoe for some reason, but the app is either saying that it's synced up to a different pair of shoes. So whether, I don't know whether Android users are just doing up each other's shoes from a distance, like, <laughs> fucking hell, man, my shoe's gone. Oh, my shoe's coming down. What's happening? Oh, someone else is touching them. Um, but, touching them. <laughs> but, but not only is it doing that, but also it's disabling, there's like manual override buttons on them and it's disabling them as well. So you just can't get them off. So one of your shoes is doing up and you can undo it and do it up with the, app but the other one is just stays undone you can never do it up oh man that but if you, the so weird thing annoying. is if you're an ios user it's fine if you're an apple user the app works perfectly so it's allegedly Another reason not to use android <laughs> allegedly an issue with the android app but yeah i just 
I don't think we're there yet. No. I, and They're I, trying. I, yeah. I, the, the shoes I can see are kind of, you know, irrational. How hard is it to tie up a shoe, though? I know. So I mean? It's lazy, like. Yeah, I don't even tie them up. Like, uh, they're tied, but... You just yeah, slip them on slip off. On. Yeah, yeah, I never undo my shoelaces. No. It's not a problem. I, I don't trust people who I do mean, that all see, the time. See, the, the Adapt BBs are basketball sneakers. What a so. shit name as well. <laughs> BBs, like... I mean, you can just call them the, like Adapts, I guess. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, they're designed for, like, sporting purposes. And it's, like, the uh, the effectiveness of how they're done up and, like, the efficiency with which they're done up. It's probably, like, the perfect fit for you. So it shouldn't be too tight. They should be, like, the kind of the optimal level of comfort or whatever. It's not just a shoe. It's an M&S <laughs> It's a Nike Adapt BB. <laughs> um, but yeah, I just want to, like, I just don't think that the human race is ready for technologically advanced clothing. No. Or enhanced. I, yeah, I agree. I agree. Just make an umbrella hat. <laughs> like a working one. Do you know what I mean? Do you know what, bro? People have done that. Yeah. Well, it works. What do you mean by an umbrella hat? Like, I want one that I can actually, like, strap on and you could, this shit can fly. Do you know what I mean? That's not... You mean a propeller? Yeah. <laughs> Shit, man. God damn it. <laughs> and on that note, I think we'll leave it there. Thank you very much for checking us out. Yeah, thank you. I'm off to go wet, fly using my umbrella hat. Like, <laughs> We'll see you next week. Thank you. <laughs>